form there is. There's a dirty little secret. I've said that if Melinda Brown Duckett, baby! If it weren't my daughter, perhaps I'd be dating her. But he gotta eat the booty like groceries. with how much <laughs> you take on your face. So kiss my black Hey, hold the presses. We just got some breaking news. Yeah, I'm gonna stand. I'm gonna stand for America. For the red, white, and blue. Susie Dalton, co-writer. <laughs> Thank you very much. Welcome to the Sansbury Show on Rock 106.9. You hear a little Pat Garrett there. I'm going to stand as his song about the NFL protest. If you haven't seen that video yet, it's hilarious. He's doing it in a thrift store, for Christ's sake. You can see it at WRQK.com at the Sansbury Show section. Fanto, let me tell you this, buddy. I watched a little bit of the NFL game last night. Yeah. Raiders. Yeah. Chiefs. Yeah. Now, I went to bed before it was over. But that stadium was filled to the rafters and rocking like so loud dude when you couldn't see like the audience you could hear them sitting on the i mean they were loud so i'll do all this i'm boycotting the nfl all these pictures people were sending me of these empty stadiums and i said when were these pictures taken was it pre-game is it at halftime when everybody's in the bathroom or the beer line like what's going on i don't buy this mass exodus in the nfl and sure enough thursday night football last night a huge matchup and what's everybody watching the nfl was it chiefs at raiders or raiders at chiefs it was chiefs at raiders okay and again, that fan base, I will give you NFL boycotters. I will give you maybe Oakland is like, well, let's go see all the games we can because our team's probably leaving and going to Las Vegas. So maybe let's go see all the games we can. Ah, wouldn't you be like, screw it. I am not going to any of those games if you knew they were leaving. If you knew the departure was coming. There are people who would feel that way too, I, I would imagine. Would. I'd be like, dude, That's I'm who out. you would be? I'm out on Oh, that. see, I would have to probably get, uh, I'd probably have to get a few more in, especially <laughs> if I'm a football fan. I mean, well, I guess if you live in Oakland, though, yeah. you go right over the bridge and go to San Francisco games, right? Right, right, if you're that big of a fan. So I, I feel like if my team was being taken away from me that last season of the Browns, there's no way I'm sticking around for that. I'm not sticking around for this season of the Browns either, but now that last season, no effing way. Last night was an awesome sports night. Awesome. Like, I mean, I'm just so-so a baseball guy, but there's good baseball on last mm-hmm. night. And then the NBA, that Oklahoma City team, which I don't think is going to be great long-term this season, but you get Carmelo Anthony, Paul George, and Russell Westbrook last night. First time they hit the NBA floor, from what I understand, in a regular season game. And they were exciting. Now, again, I went to bed before that game was over. I don't know who won it, right? But Russ and Melo, like, dude, I even tweeted this. Watching Carmelo Anthony last night play basketball and enjoy himself made me enjoy it. Melo's looked miserable for a decade. 
And he might have been. Oh, I'm sure. No, you know, I think any of those dudes who find themselves in a new position this year, there was a lot of uh, transfer of power in the NBA this year. And yeah, I think everybody moved around. I think a lot of those dudes are going to feel a sense of like pressure release. And you can say like the super teams are bad for the NBA, but that's kind of the way it's always been. If you really go back and start looking at teams, you need two, three dynamic players on every team. And now that those dudes have each other, now that those dudes have like somebody to carry some of that weight, I mean, it, it's a huge difference. Think back and to put this into radio terms. Think back. And I'm not saying like, oh, I'm the best, but like, think back to like when you were doing it by yourself. You know what I mean? Oh, it's easier. How with much help. easier is it? With, oh, with totally. Maxwell, with it's Tiffany, like a good with movie. Me, with you know what I'm saying? It's it's like a good movie. Right. You can be great in it, right. but if your co-stars aren't any good, the movie's probably going to fall. Right. And yeah, I would agree with that. There, there's totally. I now I do worry about Russ with that because I mean, last year he did the whole, you know, I can average a triple double. I just worry about him not being able to shut the switch off of. I have to put this whole thing on my back because I don't have anybody else here. Right. That's, that's a hard thing to give up. Right. Oh, I mean, yeah, there, there's plenty of people out there who probably, fun, man. who probably feel that, you know, hey, I'm the only one that can do my job. And then when you bring somebody else competent in, all of a sudden it feels like, well, what, what, what are you doing what I'm supposed to be well, doing? Well, there's now? just going to be a trust right. thing, I think, right. that happens for a little while. It's like, well, you know, if I pass and they don't make the shot, I think I would have made it. And right. I mean, Russ is definitely, I mean, he's a great ISO basketball player. I mean, he's, he's a, fr- I'm not sure I would build my franchise around. Westbrook, but he's a freak to watch. I mean, he's so much fun to watch. He's very entertaining. Can't that game tonight, by the way, is that right? Tonight. I wish I could see it, but I'll, I'll be at the tonight. Agora bartending for Ministry. Okay, one of my favorite. Right. Now I love Ministry. That's a good band. So yeah, I'm excited to go. They are. Um, and, and they tout themselves as this, and they and they're right about it. They are the loudest effing band in the world. Um, once again, dude, this is a Budweiser and Jack Daniel show right oh, yeah. there, dude. <laughs> like, oh yeah. yeah, I bet you're gonna make. I bet you're gonna make a decent amount of money at this. Oh, we might be buying new irons tomorrow, buddy. There you go. Stansberry getting over to Dick's. <laughs> I actually did. Yesterday, I did. I spent some time at the golf course yesterday. Right. I wasn't going to play, but I was like, all right, it, the weather's so good. And I heard a weather report that says by November 11th, we're getting a foot of snow. Jeez. November, I hear by November 11th, there'll be movable snow that's on the ground. That's, right? That's and I was like, idea. all right, well, all right, you got under a month. So, like, come November 11th, if it's snow, you're going to be sitting there going, man, I should have played every last day when I could have. And I'm working tonight, working tomorrow, and I think I'm working Sunday for the Agora as well now. So like I don't, I won't be able to, uh, I won't be able to get out there much this weekend. So I wanted to make sure I got it in. Hit up uh, Spring Valley yesterday. Played pretty well. Right. I actually, I, I got it pulled. Uh, I got it pulled back around. Just a little bit. How are you doing, buddy? I'm doing all right. Doing all right. A little sleepy after last night. Um, it was a uh, a team building experience for the uh, Canton Charge and all of the Cleveland Cavaliers uh, game day operations oh, nice. team. So I was up at the queue till like. 9.30 last night. I'm not going to lie, bro. I was like, what are, what are we still doing here until 9.30? I understand not everyone else gets up at 3 o'clock in the morning, but I'm just looking around. Like, well, what, what time did that what, whole are, thing what start? Uh 5.36, 5.45 is probably when I got there. You're talking so, like three, four uh, That's what I was going to say. And, dude, honestly, it was, it was almost a little bit, well, it was like a team-building night. So, like, it was almost, here's how you, Here's how the t-shirt cannon works. It was almost a little bit. Well, no, more than that, it was... And this was so opposite from what we do here. And I mean, there's 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 comparisons between what you do as a pro sports team, what you do as a radio station, because you're entertainment at the same, you know. You, so you, so so what they were doing was so like, you know, 
your job is the most important job there is, and like trying to like give you that and give you that like no, the beer guy's job is well, the most important job giving there you is. These, giving you these like you're the one who's interacting with the fan, you're the one who's doing all these things, and you need to do that with your employees. You need to tell the girl working the cash register at at, at the at the drive window to yeah. to be that person, Say your name. And to like and to do all those sure. things. But it was so opposite of how we get treated here. When I heard them say that your job is the most important job that we have, you like you know you oh versus nobody cares about you. Versus right, right. when I, I hear here every day, right. I, I like rejected it in my mind immediately. I immediately went to like, no, it's not. My job's not important at all. And then I'm like, dude, no. Why am I defensive to, right, right now? Right, they're trying to like give you like encouragement. <laughs> they're trying to like, build me up. Tell me I'm important to this right. organization. <laughs> right, but I don't recognize that. <laughs> I just, I'm just like, oh, because man. I've been in the iHeart internment camp <laughs> ten years. No, there is truth in that because, dude, our boss is very hard edged. He's very sarcastic and he'll say things to you and he's kidding but he does not have the kidding demeanor about it especially with us you know what i mean oh he's dude we ha- no i tell fantone half the time and ha- dude half the reason we were i tell you this all the time half the reason we were hired here is so he could take out his frustration right with everybody else on right. two guys who can take it who aren't going to end up like making a big deal about it? Right. Who aren't going to get hurt by who it? Who aren't going to call going HR to... and be like, "He's right. mean Who's not to cry me." At the office, right. But like, dude, the amount of times a week he'll melt my face off for something I wasn't even involved in, I'm like, "Yeah, all right, all right, all right, all right. All right that works." So. I'll fill up your candy dish, buddy, <laughs> so, so, and then we'll both be happier. So yeah, the Cavaliers have a little bit different of a uh, of a uh, I guess right, managerial so style. People might not know. You'd be like, "Dude, what was Fantone doing at the queue with the Cavs?" So y- he does the in-game like um, shenanigans, we'll call yeah. them, for the Canton Charge, like yeah. throwing out the T-shirt. And like, let's get the three little kids out here for the you know exactly. the half court shot and like no- that kind of stuff. November fifteenth will be the uh, first home game, the home opener for the Canton Charge. Oh, right I want to go to that. We will have plenty of tickets, not only to that but all season long. Yeah, they're, we're getting in bed with them, right? They're really excited to be on board with us this year. They really feel like this is like, and I guess maybe the evidence is pointed to it, but they really feel like this is like the the, the star that they want to be attached. Well, to I, that's good. Radio here, that's so good. We pro- well, I know we proposed very positive things right. for them and right. that interaction. So, so so big news coming out of there soon, I'm sure, and. Uh, and like I said, I mean, I'm sure we'll be giving away tons of tickets and VIP stuff all, all, all oh, I like long. It. I like it. I would like to go to that home opener. I'm going to say it one more time. I would like to go to that home <laughs> opener. Yeah, I would like to go to that. I'll get it done for you. I promise. Mark Munch Bishop will join us at 7 o'clock. Munch on Sports joins us every Friday, 7 o'clock. You can catch Munch on Sports weekdays on Fox Sports 1350 and everywhere on the free iHeartRadio app. Dee Snyder has an issue with some of the clothing that celebrities are wearing, and he's kind of pissed about it. So we'll get into that and actually give you a pair of tickets for Dee Snyder's show next week at the Hard Rock. We'll do all of that next on Rock 106.9. The Stansberry Show. That guy knows how to party. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9. I believe it's a week from today, Dee Snyder plays the Hard Rock Roxino in Northfield Park. And so this came out, I believe, yesterday I saw this. And we didn't get a chance to get into it in the program yesterday. But D. Snyder is really unhappy. He kind of seems like an unhappy dude. I listen to the House of Hair with some regularity whenever I'm in the car, you know, on the weekends and it's on. And he just seems like he's always worked up and pissed off about something. I'll tell you what he does better than most radio guys. And, dude, there's a guy in Florida that does this well, too. The Big Rig. The Big Rig in Florida is one of these guys, dude, where he can say every cheesy radio thing. Oh, yeah. And nail it. And dude, Biggie, Ron Michaels is the big regs real day. And uh, dude, Ronnie is so good, dude. Actually, Ron's so good, they don't even make him go to the radio station anymore. The radio station built him a studio in his house. God. 
and he tracks like 300 radio stations across the country and does it in his underwear. Yeah, dude, Ronnie's got a good gig. He's he got does. a good gig. It's got a, it's got a good gig. But dude, he's just very and dude, D Sire's very much that same way. He dude, he'll get you midway through one of them segments on House Hair. Crank it up and like, dude, and dude, you're and he gets you fired up. You're right. It's like yeah, you're goddamn right, D. I'm gonna crank this up right now. Like he's so good at the radio cheese. D Snyder's very good at that, but he's upset right now. And it's all about celebrities rocking the t-shirts of bands that he says you can clearly tell that they don't like. You know how people will wear, especially this younger generation, they'll wear things ironically? Uh, yeah, oh, no, there's no doubt about it. Go to Target, go to Walmart, go look in the t-shirt section of those places, and it's all just like, hey, there's a Beatles shirt, hey, there's a Skinner shirt, but like... I mean, it's not to say those people aren't fans of those bands, right? I once bought a Foo Fighters t-shirt at a show, and then like six months later, I found the same shirt at Target, and I stopped wearing it. Really? Because I was like, well... Jump the shark there. Yeah, I was like, well, when it was a tour short, I felt like it was cool. Yeah. When it's... On every nine-year-old in America, right. I'm not sure it is anymore. When it's homogenized, when it's right. white bread, when it's, yeah. But I'm with you. Like, one of the bands that he's pointing out is Metallica. Because Kim Kardashian's, like, walking down the street in L.A. She's wearing a Metallica t-shirt. Now, you don't think it's possible Kim Kardashian likes a few Metallica songs? I think it's possible. I would think so. I mean, Kanye's admitted that he likes a bunch of rock music. Um, and let's be real. I mean, it's Metallica. Like, it's not like that's not an obscure it's not, band. It's not Slayer. Like, I agree. Like, do one of the other Kardashian whores had like a had a Slayer shirt on? And I would agree that even for rock fans, Slayer's a little heavy for a lot of people. Um, and Slayer has definitely become one of those bands that a lot of people say they listen to without really. Listening oh God, to. yeah, dude. Plus, Slayer is legitimately metal. Metallica is not metal. It may have started out as that. But Metallica's not metal. Like, that's not metal right there. Slayer is metal. And I think there's a very big difference between people liking hard rock bands that are good and metal bands that are good. Like, even, I'll be honest with you, now, like, new metal, and I don't mean, like, with turntables in Linkin Park. Right. But, like, newer metal bands, you're probably not going to hook me. Um, It'd be harder today. Yeah, I mean, as you get older, I think you just become more like, closed Jesus, off. Jesus, why is that so angry? Um, but I, I don't know. It still, it still gets me going. But I take your point there. I know what you mean. It, it just, I remember, like it was like five, six years ago. My sister in law said to me, she's like, Dan, do you still like metal? She's like, aren't you getting too old for that? And I remember thinking, like, there's too old for metal. Like, I didn't realize that. But the older I get, the more I am starting to be like, I don't know if a new, like, I still will listen to Iron Maiden until the, you know, to the wheels fall off. Love it. But, like, I'm not sure a newer band could hook me that, that way. But he's all upset about this, and I can't figure this out. D. Snyder is. And, uh, he, by the way, he'll be at the Hard Rock a week from today. And I can't figure it out. Because those bands make money, right? Like, if those, ba- if they, if those logos and all that stuff are being sold mass production-wise in Target and Hot Topic and stuff, that band's still getting paid, right? Yeah. Dude, if I mean- anything, D. Snyder, you would think, dude, they're promoting this music that you love. And the bands are getting, making money. You make way more money off of merch than you do off of selling songs. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 uh, going on tour and selling merch are the two ways that bands make the most money, make money And that's that's why they go hand in hand. Plus, isn't it like a celebrity death? If Kim Kardashian's walking down the street, she's wearing a Metallica t-shirt. I get it. It kind of looks annoying. But at the end of the day, aren't, aren't young people going to go, well, what's Metallica? And maybe come to it? But I guess, like, I don't understand what's annoying about it. Like, what's like... 
Well, you know, his whole angle is it's the poser thing. But guys, let me just tell you. You hang out with buddies. I know this is true. Working at a rock club, which I'll be at the Agora tonight for ministry, I see this all the time. You'll see a group of dudes come in, and they're all wearing rock t-shirts. They're all wearing barren t-shirts. And you can always tell the one guy who's faking it. Who's fake? Do you have friends that wear t-shirts of bands they don't listen to? I understand if you don't want your friend to be a poser, if you don't want to be a part of somebody who's like that. I understand why you wouldn't want to go to a concert. But you're not hanging out with Kim but, Kardashian. Exactly. <laughs> you're not spending any time with this woman. I don't. I, I genuinely don't get the upset, the outrage. I think in the article he talks about, he talks about. Well, it's like it's uh, skulls are our culture, and it's our like it's our it's us. And we I'm all like, have a skull, dude. I, dude, I, I just blows my mind that you were like what are you so upset about bro like is this getting my name out here is that what this is this is old man yells at cloud so people pay attention to these i mean he's on tour he's on tour um and much like in in house of hair how he champions that like we rock we're always rocking it's rock 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 this is him trying to champion that cause. Rip the knob off! Exactly. This is him trying to be the face of that. Like, meanwhile, he's playing Heaven by Warren. You, you are not forgotten. You know, metal enthusiasts. Like, that's his whole thing. So, I guess, in that sense, it makes sense. Like, why wouldn't you do it? Because everyone, no matter which Kardashian or whatever, or Bieber, because, I mean, he's been on He's this. been, uh, dude, all every pop star is doing it. All these celebrities have. Uh, Kanye West, you mentioned. And those are all such hated figures from, like, metalheads. Like, oh, dude, F the Kardashians. Like, because they're it. popular and they make money. I guess. And so the basis from, you know, Metal C, right. like, hates I, them because they're popular. I guess. Oh, my God. Now white people are going to start talking about the, the appropriation of their culture? Like, dear God, D. Snyder. I don't know if you can fight on that ill, buddy. He'll be at the Hard Rock a week from today. I believe tickets still available for that. I'm going Stansberry making an appearance. Oh yeah, I like it. I, I have secured myself. I believe meet and greet passes I don't to meet like it. to meet D. Snyder. If you don't think I'm walking right up to him behind him, rip it off! <laughs> I do, I'm totally, dude. I'm giving him some house of hair live right in his face. That's gonna happen. All right. A teacher has been released from her duties as a teacher, and this time it's not for banging kids. We'll tell you what it was next on the Stansberry Show. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show on Rock 106.9. Dude, you know what I had last night, Fantone? What was that? Oh, dude, I went back to Macho Nacho. Oh, delicious. Oh, bro, it's so good. If you don't know, it's on the back like patio of Buzzbin. They have like a little food truck out there now, right. and they uh, and, and it's just like all Mexican food. And dude, I went, I believe the kids say ham. <laughs> I, uh, oh, dude, they should have ham. I, uh, I, uh, dude, I went off in there last night. I ordered, let me see, I got the Macho Nacho. Okay. I got the Buenos Tacos. Okay. And I got the Chorizo Mac and Cheese. Jeez, Carried dude. it all to the house. Jeez. Turned on the Oklahoma City Thunder game and stuffed my fat face full of it all. It was awesome. Actually, I don't even think I could finish the second taco. Now, Macho Nachos, uh, like you said, located right out there outside of Buzzman. It's a food truck. And, Mike is so smart. Well, and that's the thing is I, I, I credit Mike on a lot for what is happening downtown He's Canton. so smart. Whether it's Buzzbin, whether it's the arcade, Macho Nachos, and a million other little things that he kind of has his hands in. 
Um, but I'm going to have to give a little bit of the credit of Macho Nachos to me, to one Mr. Dan Stansberry. And uh, the reason why, why? Not, because, not because he spends so much money on Mexican food that he will be able to, you know, sustain a business in downtown Canton. No, because but for, also that <laughs> for quite a while, uh, you've been saying that nobody sells burritos downtown. I couldn't I couldn't figure it out. And it I, makes sense. I, I, I could not. When I first moved here, I was like, well, obviously, look, dude, there's suspenders right. every place I right. effing look. Right. Somebody is selling these people burritos the ultimate hipster food and i couldn't believe it i was like where is where's the good like fast easy mexican down here and luckily sansbury show popular enough that if he complains about something for long enough i get it it usually happens for him race 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 (laughs) race 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 sorry no i even get honestly they get so mad at me when i even insinuate that that should happen. All right, but you did get Macho Nachos downtown, and that, Oof. my friend, is good enough. Yeah, That's look at me. You. I'm, do, I'm you. doing the things. I, I got to ask, though, is is this the official signal of, like, dude, the, 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 the weight loss plan has gone off the rails? Yeah, man, I think I realized, dude, I got 15 more years <laughs> left on the planet, so let's just, you know, fill them with carbs and, like, cholesterol and see what happens. Um, I, I'm not going to necessarily. No, the plan is to, to shut it back down on Monday. Okay. All we'll right. see if I can do it. Right. I don't think so. Normally I do, uh, not normally. I, I it's been, uh, it's been bad. It's well, dude. I mean, I, like I've always said with you, it goes through ups and downs, and it, for a while, two, three days, it'll seem like everything's great, and then it's just. Yeah, I just, I don't know what it is. All right, I, just misery loves company, I guess. I guess, and and, and so like, I, I guess, I guess company is burritos and, and you, tacos uh, and. Nachos, oh, they were so good. Yeah, dude, they are. There's no question about it. Nachos, nachos is delicious. Who cares about being skinny? <laughs> I don't. Yeah, Screw I don't. It. I don't care about being skinny at all. We'll talk to Mark Munch Bishop coming up at seven o'clock. But this story coming out of Colleen, Texas, where a substitute right. teacher at a fifth grade class has been removed from the classroom and should be. Now, I will tell you that I again, I always say, let's pass school levies, let's raise teacher pay. I believe teachers should be making a lot more money in this country than they do when you really stop and think about what that job is, which is preparing everybody else for the rest of the world. I believe that job should pay more money. I think it's undeniable that there needs to be a serious reconsideration of how education is done in America, from teacher pay to like the standards we have to like school year how, length, uh, all right, kind of stuff. A million different things that, like, guys, we have to get this together. And, yeah, and, we got to figure and, it out. And it just seems like at this point, and everyone can get mad about Common Core or whatever, but it seems like no matter what we've done in the past, 30 years it's just like no matter what i don't understand common core either but i can tell you this is that it teaches your children critical thinking which they will absolutely need later in life everyone's flown past us all the other countries everyone has has smarter kids than us everyone's doing better than us so it's like guys we have to change i have never once in my now i i have like a teenager's job but i have never once in my adult like profession have i used algebra not one time but i have used critical thinking i have used you know uh, decision making and that kind of stuff which that stuff all teaches you but i would have a hard time i think i would be a decent teacher as long as my kids were well behaved like i could engage you right i could entertain you and then maybe teach you something when you don't even realize it's happening i think i'd be pretty good at that but once you started acting up my anger, I think, would I'd have a hard time oh, like keeping it in. Yeah, especially if, dude, if it was like because middle schoolers are the worst people on the face of the planet. Is dude. that right? Yeah, I, th- oh, I would have figured high school. No, 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 no. At least when you're in high school, 
you have at least somewhat level of maturity there. Somewhat, you're kind of like an adult, not really, but like yeah. But I think that's what makes them worse. At that point, you're just you, you just don't have as much perspective. A middle schooler is just a piece of crap, dude. I'm telling you from the ages of like I don't know. Right now, parents are going hell yeah, preach, man. Eleven, eleven, probably to like fifteen, dude. Kids are just smelly and they stink and they're loud and they're obnoxious. You know, kids under that, you're seven, eight under that, dude. You're cute, you're fine. Like I have no problem with kids like that's that. That's true. But dude, at ten and over, ten to fifteen, dude, you are just the most, the, the, the just miserable. You think you know everything. Like you think you're, you think you're like cool. You think you're like, uh, you know, you're gonna be young and invincible forever. I hate middle schoolers. Hate them. I okay, <laughs> all right. Um, Fanto spends a lot of time with middle schoolers. He does at Project Rebuild. I don't know if we maybe we should let you anywhere near them anymore after that. But yeah, I, I understand what you're saying. You are right about that. I just, I was a bigger punk. In high school, and I'm maybe putting it through the too Where much of the Stansberry Show filter there versus like how it, it is across the board. But this teacher, substitute by the way, had some kids acting up in class, and fifth graders are going to do that. Welcome to fifth grade. And she decided the best way to punish them was to duct tape 13 students' mouths shut. I'm sorry. She only, no, no, I'm sorry. There was 13 kids in the class. Ten of them got their mouths shut Jeez. with duct tape. The other three were just taken to the school nurse just in case because there might have been emotional trauma. Where the hell are, is, are you? Do you have a school with only 13 kids in it? Well, that I found that. Well, Colleen, Texas. Okay, middle of nowhere, Texas. M- maybe, okay. maybe right. there. Um, but did the, did the other nine kids sit still while you were duct taping the first kid's mouth shut? I mean, maybe you do. Maybe you just freeze and be like, what the hell is happening right here? Yeah, but by the second, third, fourth duct taping, I guess when you're a middle schooler, you're not smart enough or like... To it, run out of the room? To like to like know that to stand up for yourself there in that moment. So I, I guess, but I don't know. Were these kids being bad? Because I just went off on a tangent about how much middle schoolers suck. And if I was middle school teacher, I'd probably do the same thing. The substitute teacher was immediately removed from the classroom and barred from the campus as a result of the outrageous and unconscionable behavior, which it is. I don't mean to make light yeah, of that. It can't, is. You can't be doing Abbott that. wrote in a statement, the, the, the school leadership notified Child Protective Services of the event, and we will work closely in the support of any additional investigation. Yeah, and there probably should be some here. I guess this is a substitute teacher, so maybe a little bit different, but it's just like, I mean, you're a college-educated person, and you know the job that you're getting yourself into. Now, if you snap and like leave the school, okay, I guess I can understand that, but come on, you're putting tape over nine kids' mouths? Like, how, how did you think that was a good idea? We made a sub quit when I was in eighth grade once. Okay. We were in Dodge. Podcast middle schooler. Okay. We were in Dodge middle school. It wasn't even that bad. I'm making people walk out and quit their jobs, change their careers. Okay. <laughs> and, so you're uh, Dodge. We, 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 I remember we were, I, we were up, I was in one of the upstairs classrooms. It must have been science, maybe. Um, God, I can't believe I remember what the classes were in eighth grade. And I can't remember anything they taught me in eighth grade. <laughs> can't but, remember yesterday at all. I can tell you what. Machos, I, I can tell you where my science class was and what Mindy Michelo looked like in her cheerleading <laughs> outfit. I can tell you those two things. Those are the only two things I remember from eighth grade. But I remember like being like a total smartass. Obviously, I, I spent my whole life that way. You're never going to amount to anything. Nobody likes a smart Alec. Well, all of Canton seems to like a smart Alec very well. But like, I don't know. I don't even really remember what we did. But we were awful. Like, I remember thinking to myself, "This is too." far right but i'm in eighth grade so i don't care it didn't matter and i just kept going and next thing i know like i just watched a 40 year old woman break down in tears and like then like the principal came in and was like yeah she's never coming back here ever again middle schoolers are the worst dude 100 like stansbury in the eighth grade you were probably the worst version of stansbury i was just practicing and i'm making 40 year old women cry because that's what i have to be doing all the time now I was just getting my practice in, buddy. We'll talk to Mark Munch Bishop, Munch on Sports, next on the Sandsbury Show. 1069. 
Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show on Rock 106.9, online WRQK.com. It's Friday at 7 o'clock, so joining us, as he always does, is Munch on Sports. You can catch Munch on Sports weekdays at 3, Fox Sports 1350, everywhere on the free iHeartRadio app. Munch, how are you, buddy? Brother, I am superb, and I'm interested for today because it's one of those things like, okay, tribe season done, of course, Cavs play Tuesday, play tonight. Brown Sunday, good college, going on great high school. Not sure where you guys are going to go, but I'm ready. Whatever pitch you throw, I'm going to hit it. Well, a lot of sports to talk about. You're absolutely right. You hear a little Wu-Tang there in the background. You ask and you shall receive. Munch wanted a little Wu-Tang, and he got it. Which, by the way, Wu-Tang, actually, they dropped a little uh, Canton reference on the new album, by the way. We, uh, we we were listening to that this morning. We'll get more into that a little later in the uh, in the program. Munch, I do want to talk to you about some NFL football to start. Let's start with the Browns, and I'm hearing rumors that Peyton Manning is now going to be considered for the front office. Is this a good well, move? Well, Dad, I am glad, I'm glad I'm getting to do this with you and Fantone today on the Sansbury Show because I have another name that popped up, too. Really? And it makes a lot of sense. Of course, Peyton Manning supposedly was in town. Now, I don't know if that was the old, and you're going to fall out of your chairs. Remember the old, well, a friend of a friend. Right. So Bill Cowell shopping at Marks and Strongsville. Remember yeah. that one? Yeah, that would happen a lot, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, I don't know about the Peyton Manning, although I did hear he was in town for other reasons. Big, big rocker, touring the rock hall, something like that. But uh-huh. another name that popped up, not far from you, heck, Sansbury, maybe on a good day you can hit it with your driver, is Rick Spielman, who is in charge of personnel with the Minnesota Vikings, of course, from Maslin. Chris's brother, or you can say Chris is his brother because he's a very, very uh, successful executive. A lot of talent on that team. Oh, and by the way, they took a deep breath and drafted a quarterback in the future a few years ago. He went down. They didn't replace him with some schlubs, actually, with a very adequate backup, Sam Bradford. But to me, Chris Spielman's, uh, I'm sorry, Rick Spielman's name has come into the mix. I like it. Here's I something like else to, to make you shudder. Right now, this team does not have a president or general manager. Sashi Brown is the vice president, uh, executive vice president of football operations on down the line. So you could actually bring in one, if not two people, and save face for the other guys until whoever came in decided either they're gone or going to stay under my tutelage and I'll teach them. So that's an easy way out for everybody. Now, the Spielman name might not, like, he's not one of those GM names you hear a lot. So I, it may not ring like really loud for people, but if you look up and down that Minnesota Vikings roster, it is loaded, loaded with talent. That defense is legit, and so he can evaluate talent. Is my point. So I, I if we look into that, I would be okay with that. Yeah, you know what? And I'm glad you said that. Not just defensively, but all of a sudden it's like, wow, who's this guy who could actually? Oh, Dan, guess what else? They actually have wide receivers who can catch the That's football. True. Okay? <laughs> That's true. And Cleveland could use a lot of that. Um, do you think Hugh Jackson makes it all year? Oh, bro, i got to tell you something. If they keep losing football games, if they come down to, you know, the, the, the last week, and that's when, you know, we, we remember Romeo getting axed after the last game of the season, yeah. Bill Savage before that last game. You know, if, if they're coming down to week 15 or 16 and they're 2-12, and 0-14, how can he possibly not say it's all his fault, although, you know what, he has not done a lot to cement his standings, too, with the fans and, uh, you know, with football people. Because the bottom line is clock management has been horrific. Uh, some penalties have been stupid that need to be eliminated, you know, with the too much time, uh, you know, and this and that. So, no, if they continue to lose, someone's going to have to be a scapegoat. 
I uh, I think that his psyche at this point, his mind just has to be shot. I don't think he's as bad as a coach as his record indicates. I think that you're right. Agree. You can't put all this blame yeah, on yeah. him. You can't put all this blame on him, but the buck has to stop somewhere. And I guess, you know, thinking of people's psyches and how they feel confidence-wise and how they feel about themselves, uh, Deshaun Kaiser is going to be heading back out underneath center. Where do you think his head's at? Bro, well, i got to tell you something. I'm glad you said that because speaking a lot, and Marla Rittenauer from the Akron Beacon Journal is a very, very big proponent of this, is in a sad way that very few teams have ruined quarterbacks like the Cleveland Browns have. So it's just not these guys in charge now, but not just ruining them physically like a Tim Couch, who, I mean, he can't lift his right arm you know, to, to get a shirt on most days, is that ruins them mentally, too. There's no doubt, A, a benching could make you hungrier, but B, if you're watching things from the sideline, you got to think, there's no freaking way that I could be successful with what's going on out there. Right. And plus, I did get benched, so I must, you know, you know, have deficiencies. The mental is what troubles me. And you got to remember this. He came out of college four and eight. So right now, his label is he's not a winner. Yeah, well, I mean, Kevin Hogan was labeled a winner, and we all saw how that went. Let's stay with oh, the quarterback. No doubt. He's a backup. You knew it. I knew it. Matt knew it. But again, I always call it the rabble. He's got to be a starter. No, he doesn't have to be a starter. And I don't. I know for a fact you didn't put him in just for that reason, to show people, because he's trying to win games. That's obvious. He actually thought, too, which gives you one more indication that do they know what's going on in that organization? No. They draft a guy in the third round who will be the backup this week who has not even been active. They get a guy off uh, the scrap heap, Clay Hogan. Think about this, guys. He started the season fourth on the depth chart. If he was that good and they saw things in him, shouldn't he started first or second? Absolutely. We're talking to March, uh, Mark Munch, Bishop Munch on Sports, weekdays at 3, Fox Sports 1350, everywhere on the free iHeartRadio app. I want to stay with the quarterback position a little bit further, Munch, um, because, again, I, I, I like you. I believe his record isn't very good, obviously. Um, I think he's better than his record shows. But if we have to mm-hmm. move on, we have to move on. I get it. But the rumors are he wanted Wentz. They said no. He wanted Deshaun Watson. They said no. It's now time to officially give up on the pure analytics of building a team for for football, right? It's got to be a component. But leaning on it solely is not working out. They do not work. In fact, I want you to look at something. And Podesta had success a year with the Mets. However, what happened the next year and the year before that, I want you to look at the biggest example of Moneyball Analytics, the Oakland Athletics, one of the worst baseball teams I've seen in my life this last couple of years. And the few times, I'm saying few, they've been successful in the 14, 15 years of analytics. They have creeped into the playoffs as a wild card, and two of the three times they get eliminated in the first round. Now, I can see it working if it's pitcher against batter. You know, you're going up the bat or Stansbury, you're looking for a pitch hitter. And Fantone's the manager. He goes, wow, Stansbury's got eight hits and ten at bats against this guy. Go get him, Dan. I can look at it individually. But, again, Sam Rattigliano told me, you can say, well, dude, he's an old dude. He's an old dude who knows football. He goes, his analytics are his eyes his brain, and his heart. And and that's what we're lacking. That was one of the reasons why I was going to be okay with Peyton Manning. Because I believe Peyton Manning could at least look at big men in the combine and go, yeah, that guy can play. That guy's got next-level talent. I believe Peyton Manning could at least spot talent. 
I'm not sure Sashi knows how to pick talent. I just I'm not I I I don't see it anywhere. Miles Garrett, you can't give him credit for Miles Garrett. He was a certified no, he was a certified number one pick. Right. Everybody in the world wanted Miles Garrett. So Sashi's not a genius oh. for taking Miles Garrett. So it's like I, I love it when you get wrong. Can I tell you something? <laughs> and I say this all respect. Stevie Wonder conceded Miles Garrett was the number one overall. <laughs> that's a fair that's a fair, fair statement. I just I don't <laughs> I just feel bad for Browns fans, man. And I was telling my buddy this the other day. He's got two young kids, right? And he is a huge Browns fan because his dad like beat it into his head every Sunday. And when we were growing, right. when we were growing up, Munch, your local team was on TV, and that was it. But kids these days are growing up with Twitter, and they're watching thirty second clips of OBJ on on Twitter and Lucina on me. If the Browns don't get this turned around, you are honestly, you may not end up with the rabid fan base 20 years from now that you have right now. Because I don't think dads are passing it down to their kids the way they used to. Well, bro, the young kids especially, that's where I got it. There's right. no doubt about that. You know, seeing my dad and my uncles getting off the bus coming back from a game, a little bit of a stagger to their walk. Okay, but <laughs> they, they were going to a Browns game, whether it was 20 or 80 degrees. But here's something else. My youngest is 17, and on a weekly basis, whether we're at a game, love going to the games with them, won't be happening much longer, okay, or watching the away games on TV. What was it? Fifteen times last year he said to me, Dad, why did you do this to me? <laughs> and I said, what's that? He goes, make me a Browns fan, you know, and you're hitting it on the head 100-fold. I just, your local team doesn't have to be your favorite team the way it did when I was growing up, the way you were growing up. Munch, let's move sports here real quickly. I want to know about Michael Brantley and the Indians. What are the Indians going to do about Brantley? I think he's owed, what, something like $11 million if they they want to retain him. He's been injury prone. What are the Indians going to do with Michael Brantley? Well, brother, I am hearing some things. And, you know, I'm on a three, so you're getting all this stuff before I can use it today. There has been talk, believe it or not, Inside, you know, they're trying to find out all these different ways. Can it work? Can he use them? Is it Sizemore again, who we all loved and adored, but also the injuries took his toll and he couldn't play anymore? This is serious stuff. For anyone to tell you, oh, he'll be back for spring training, guys, I could do the math. I'm, I, I count multiples of seven for each finger. Is that four to five months doesn't put him back till the middle end of March? The season starts around the first of April. Right. But some of the talk I've been hearing. And hold on again, don't fall out of your seats, is that there has been talk bannered about can Michael Bradley, who is a pure hitter, who is a natural hitter, if indeed the surgery is successful, can he play first base for the Indians? Because they're not sold on Santana, a two twenty five to two fifty hitter who doesn't get a hundred RBIs. I know he gets on base this and that. There has been talk about putting a first baseman glove on Michael Bradley, but the bottom line is three days after the World Series ends that's when they have to make a decision on this, and the injury has no bearing. So the union can't say, well, he's hurt, you can't, you know, you cannot not pick up his option. No, no. Three days after the World Series, it has to happen. We're talking to Mark Munch Bishop. Catch Munch weekdays at 3 on Fox Sports 1350 everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Fantone has been chomping at the bit to talk Cavs with Uh-oh. you, buddy. Yeah, so dude. I'm going to let him talk a little Cavs with you. Munch, man, uh, first game of the okay, season. Good. First game of the season already behind us, which is good. I'm glad to be out of the uh, the off season. I felt like it was a crazy one for the Cavaliers. And you saw it in that first game. They're just The Cavaliers are so fundamentally different than they were after the NBA Finals. What do you think Ty Lue is going to have to do over the the regular season to find the right rotations to find the right roles for these guys and to make them really gel as a unit well you know what he's going to have to a talk to lebron to see what he sees out there because you know he's a field general and please don't say he runs the team 
If it was Michael Jordan, they would have talked to him. Magic Johnson, they would have talked to him on down the line. But the bottom line is he's going to have to see who seems more comfortable playing with each other. This is not a team that's going to jack up threes with that starting five. Isaiah comes in, he shoots threes. You got him off the bench. By something else, if Kyle Korver plays over seven minutes, he better take at least one shot. But they're going to look at combinations. But it's a lot of fun. And, Matt, one thing I noticed Tuesday, if anything, they were too unselfish at times, you know, dishing the ball around. Maybe it's in the back of their mind. They don't want to start, you know, be the gun or whatever it is uh, down the line. But there were a few times I saw shots or even a chance to drive to the hole where the ball got kicked off. So it's going to, the rotations are going to have to, you know, get solidified. But I'll say this, no matter which way they go, especially when Isaiah comes back, the Cavaliers' second five is probably a seventh or eighth seed in the East. So they've got to be successful with it. Let me ask you, Munch, one final question before I let you go. I've been very, yes, I've been very interested uh, on hearing your answer on this. Is this, the de- is this the deepest roster LeBron James has ever had? This is not only the deepest roster. This will be the best team he's ever been on. It's the best team we've even seen, even going back to Christ Doherty and those guys. Wow. And it's a team, you know, barring catastrophe, that will win the NBA championship. I like it. Munch. Mark Munch Bishop. Catch him weekdays at 3 on Fox Sports 1350, and you can grab him everywhere on the free iHeartRadio app. Munch, we'll talk to you next week, buddy. Have a great weekend, gents. You too, my man. Don't watch that Browns game. If you, want to, <laughs> you, want to, you want to enjoy yourself. By the way, Fantone, I know you always like the lines. Browns getting five and a half on their home field. At home? At home. Ugh. Getting five and a half. Ugh, they're awful. And five I, and a half at home? From the Titans, and I still don't like it. I, a man suing United Airlines, and you won't believe why. That story next on Rock 106.9. Toby Boys brought popcorn. The Stansberry Show. Because I'm about to put on a show. Rock 106.9. Hey guys, you got Stansberry here. If you were listening to the program the other day, you heard me admit that I cried while watching Marley and Me. I can't help it. I'm a dog. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9. In about an hour from right now, we'll get choked up with some Black Label Society tickets. Zach heading into town. February, play the Goodyear Theater. I believe it's the 6th of February is when that show is. Corrosion of Conformity on that bill as well. We'll get you hooked up at 8.30. About an hour from now, too. Stansbury's going to get hooked up with the donut by Linda, the front desk lady. Bro, keep saying those sweet sounds. It's coming. I know she is. Linda, if you're out there, get in here, man. Come up. We need you. Yeah, if the commercial lady can get here at 6.30 (laughs) in the morning, why can't my donuts be here that early? Which, by the way, why is that person here at 6.30 in the morning? You're, you're no, dude, I, like, I don't even have like the sleep white out of my eyes yet, and then I walk into like the break room to get milk for coffee or whatever, and all I hear is "haro," and it's like she's one of those people that like won't say hello properly, wants to say it differently, which I don't know, might be a little, little insensitive. I, I might be a little bit. She's always threatening to run me over with her walker and everything. It's like, uh, dude, it's six o'clock in the morning. I can't do this with you right now. Basically, I'm just taking a lot of words to say I want donuts. That's all. That's all that's happening. I cannot. Well, actually, at eight o'clock, I can't believe what's happening at eight o'clock. Right. Wait, wait till we get into that. But th- this story is very interesting. As I'm getting ready to board a uh, flight here for Vegas, come December, I'm going to go home and see the family. Hey, we say that I'm from Ohio. I don't know why I call Vegas home. Uh, it's where your family is. I guess that's just a weird. You know, my, my brothers live there 20 years now. Right, like, he's lived there forever. So, and I mean, your mom lives there. You know what I'm yeah. saying? So, like, when you think of your family, that's those are the you, only two I got. Yeah, and my sister in law and and you know uh, my brother's child. Yeah, they all live there. So yeah, I do. But I'm getting ready to get on a plane, and I hope this doesn't happen to me because I booked like a uh, 
I don't know, what do they call it? I don't even think they call it coach anymore. I think it's economy. Okay. Because, you know, people were offended, I think. Well, isn't economy, if anything, probably a little bit more like hey, you're poor than coach? I would think. I don't know why. I mean, I, coach is a nice handbag. I, I don't know where coach came into play originally. Like, what the, what the, what, what, why they It had to, to be that? something with, like, the horse and drawn carriages, right? Uh, maybe. <laughs> I, you know, I, I, have, I have zero clue, but I would just think that economy, that makes me feel like, that makes me feel like I'm buying generic. You know what I'm saying? If I buy economy paper towels. Maverick. Right, you know exactly. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Right. So a man is suing United, the airline, and what he's basically saying here, Fantone, is that they refused or did very little to help him out of an uncomfortable situation, and what I'm going to call an unsanitary situation. All right. Okay. Daniel Card claims that the airline allowed a visibly visibly intoxicated man. To board the flight. Now I can tell you, if you if you look a little too intoxicated, the airline will say, "No, bro, you're not getting on this flight. Like that's not happening." As they have to be able to. I mean, it's it's not a bar, and I know there's drinks up there, and I know that people are like, you know, yeah, but they that? won't overserve you, right? And there's that. What was that? It was a Dirk Bentley song about getting drunk on a plane or whatever. Drunk but on like, a plane. You if you're up in air and somebody starts acting unruly, if somebody gets sick, if something like that happens. I completely understand why they have to cut you. Why they, why they have to have a line there. So the drunk man's like getting on the plane, and the guy like sees. Him and he's like, and we, he did the thing we all do. Oh my God, please don't be the person sitting next to me. Please don't be the person sitting right. next to me. Sure enough, the drunk ass is the guy sitting next to him. So the flight, you know, takes off or whatever. And the passenger seated in 24E then takes out his penis. Jeez. Aims it at, Jeez. Aims it at our heroine of the story and proceeded to urinate all over God. his leg. And he was confined to the seat because they, oh, I'm sorry, they were just about to take off. Wow. Okay? So he says he had, now this is where the story gets really confusing for me. Daniel Card says he attempted to resist the pee. How do you resist somebody peeing well, on you? Well, you're probably just trying to get yourself out of the way as much as possible. Or maybe oh, a using, squirming situation. Or maybe he's using hands. Or to like, like a blocker. Maybe, yeah, and he tries to block it with like the, that, what's that in magazine for, that in-flight magazine called where you can buy all that crap. He picks up one of those and he's trying to block everything. Sky Mall. Sky Mall. That's exactly what he grabs that. <laughs> grabs, dude, where's the pee blocker in this thing? <laughs> That's awesome. He says he was unsuccessful in rousing the assailants from his drunken stupor. The flight crew, who Card claims should not have allowed the man on the plane in the first place, stood idly by throughout, according to the suit. Now, wait a minute. If you were getting ready to take off, wasn't the crew in their seat buckled up? Um, well, they walk around after all the passengers are buckled up. So maybe, Just they're, to make on sure. last, maybe they're on their last run of it before they right, go right, out. Right. Right. Just doing that fake jog leg thing. Let's uh-huh. make sure you got your seat. Exactly. Right. Doing, exactly. The, doing that thing. After the man was done, uh, well, urinating, the flight crew refused his request to relocate his seat to avoid the continued humiliation that he had sitting next to him. Now, I mean, if the I don't know if the flight was overbooked or like you know completely sold out or what, but what are they going to do? Hey, right. you go sit over there, and then you go sit next to this guy that just whipped his penis out. Right, and even if you're even if you're the guy who's sitting next to the victim in this, it's like now all of a sudden there's a dude covered in urine sitting next to you, and I don't want that to happen. It would almost be better for the airline just to be like, no, you two have pee all over you, sit next to each other. Well, and the and the seat had to be urine soaked, I would imagine. Oh, dude, think about how it's going to get on the floor. Those and things I'm are sure, absorbent. I'm sure that that like pee was like rolling through the aisles. <laughs> 
It's terrible, dude. Lift your feet up, there's a pee coming back. So I guess United then eventually does allow him to switch seats. So obviously there were probably a few open things going on there. United would not change the flight itinerary and thus risk the health and safety of not only Card, but also the drunk man and various other passengers on the flight, meaning they wouldn't land somewhere else, I'm assuming is what this means, because the guy peed on the flight. I understand why it would be like, no, dude, we're a, a, a well-oiled machine, and the, the planes have to get there on time so they can go out on time and all those different things. Um, but I'm sure like that's a breach of protocol. It has to be. Oh, I would think so. So they land at Newark. Both passengers then interviewed by the FBI, at which point the assailant said he had blacked out after consuming at least four rum and cokes at LAX. So wait for the follow-up, because we're going to look into the bar at LAX. They're going to yeah, be looking into the to. over-serving there. Wait for the follow-up on that. It's unclear if the man was arrested, and the suit says his identity is presently unknown. What do you mean it's unclear if he was arrested? So there's a chance? You're telling me there's a chance that I could take my penis out on a flight and not get arrested? I nah, go home, sir. Why well, do I feel like I'm in the rear naked chokehold <laughs> by like by TSA like midair if I'm the guy that tries to do this? I, um, I've been plenty drunk in life. I've blacked out numerous times in my life, and I guess the worst I, I can ever 12 say. Hours. <laughs> the worst I can say is like I've gotten pee on my leg before. You're standing there drunk with your D out, you know, trying to trying to aim at something. But like I've never in my life just decided to urinate on the guy. Have you ever had anybody else's urine on you? Um, uh, not that I can think of. All right, all right, here we go. <laughs> <All right. laughs> See, let me tell you, you millennials, how good you have it. I like how Stansberry tries to defuse the situation for himself. Like, yeah, you've had this happen to you too, right? No, I have not. <laughs> well, you seem like a golden shower dude. Okay. Like you do. All like right. I, I just f- figured that's what part of what goes on in your like den of iniquity or whatever <laughs> that happens over there at the Fantone household, but. You millennials don't know how good you have it. You all get your own private like places to go pee now, separators right. at the urinal, right. all that. When right. I was growing up, you know what we had? A trough that oh. pigs ate out of, and you just <laughs> lined up there all in a row. You think you got penis anxiety? You try going to, dude, you go pee in Brown Stadium in the 80s. So there I was, so there I was at Blossom back in the day. Now, Blossom's bathrooms now are fantastic. Right. Like, they're palaces now. But back in the day when I was in high school, they were a mess. Okay, so this is high school, Stansbury. And so, well, you know. <laughs> and so, <laughs> so, so there I am at the, at, the, at the trough. And, dude, the guy next to me at some concert, I think it was Steve Miller of all things, had a little bit too much to drink. And guys will tell you, I'm sure women too, I don't know how you guys pee really, but like a, a, like a man will tell you, <laughs> the more he's had to drink, the faster that stream is. Also, the younger you are, the heavier that stream is. And this dude was breaking plaster. <laughs> this guy was breaking plaster off the back of the trough. And next thing I know, like I'm done. Right? And so you do the wiggle, little waggle, and get your guy back in there. And I'm zipping up. Zip. And I just, the guy next to me, like I said, is dude, back slashing <laughs> that living crap out of this thing. And next thing I know, I look over at my hand and I just see like a little puddle starting to collect on the top of my hand. I haven't eaten anything with the with my right hand in 20 years because of that. Honestly, it was gross. I didn't know what to do. Of course. Because soap didn't feel like enough. No. I felt like the entire time I was washing my hand, I was like, this is the, dude, look at you lying to yourself. The dial's going to be enough to get this, like, drunk dude's urine off your fingers. It's gross.
So you guys, let me just tell you, you have it good with your own private urinals. Something's happening with Halloween, and I get that I'm not the Halloween guy. I just don't know much about it. I was not not allowed to take part of it as a kid and that whole thing. But one of the TV networks is doing something with Halloween, and I think it's in poor taste. We'll figure this out together next on Rock 106.9. The Stansberry Show. I have got to get in on this. Rock 106.9. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show, Rock 106.9, 8.30. We'll pass out some Black Label Society tickets. He, uh, Zach and the crew playing February, Goodyear Theater, Akron. We'll get you hooked up. Corrosion and Conformity, part of that as well. I'm excited to see those guys. I like that band a lot. Big fan. So it's that time of year now when all, like, all the Halloween specials are on. I believe it right. wasn't like the Charlie Brown thing on the other night. And I don't know. I don't. I, 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 don't, I, I mean, I know I do people my age were tweeting about it and talking about, oh, my God, this is like my favorite show ever when I was a kid. And it's just like, I just, again, I don't get into the Halloween thing. I was raised by religious weirdos who viewed it as the devil's holiday. We weren't allowed to take part in it. Now my mom loves taking my niece around the neighborhood to ask strangers for candy for some reason. But like, I wasn't allowed to do it as a kid. And so I just never really got the taste of Halloween. Like, I never really got into it. And so the whole thing just makes me feel weird. Wearing costumes makes me feel weird. Not into it. So maybe I'm not the best person to judge this thing that's happening with CBS. But CBS is doing a special on the 27th of this month. And we have a preview of it. And that video can be seen at WRQK.com. And this is Michael Jackson's Halloween. And I, for the life of me, can't figure this out. CBS got all their top talents. Like, they got the dude from the Big Bang Theory, that Jim Parsons guy. They got Brad Garrett. Christine Baranski's in this. Lucy Liu's in this. Once again, dude, CBS, I know in every commercial they always say, number one network in America, number one show, yeah. number one comedy. Well, number one news show means, when you really, when you break that down, number one news show on that night in that time slot. They may be the only news show on that night. In the, dude, welcome to the ratings game. There's a million different ways to like lay those numbers out. If, 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 they're, if they're real, I just it blows my mind that people watch CBS you don't, so much. You don't watch a lot of CBS television. I don't watch any of the NCIS, CIS, no, anything like that. I don't watch The Big Bang theory i don't watch i can't think of anything on cbs that i like tape or that i record or anything i just a is michael jackson still connecting with the young generation of uh, of america today i don't know and b cbs what's next the harvey weinstein christmas special i think it's very funny that all these people are like, oh my God, Harvey, and how terrible it was, and oh my God, uh, like the the accusers are so brave, and all this stuff, and now you're going to voice things for an accused pedophile, and what people are going to say is, well, he hasn't been proven guilty. Neither is Harvey Weinstein, by the way, hasn't been proven guilty yet. I know the LAPD is looking into him; hasn't been proven guilty. So you can dial down the Michael was never proven guilty thing. Where there's smoke, there's fire, in my opinion. The guy had a baby raping chamber off his bedroom that nobody knew about but him and the kids who were taken there. What do you think he was doing in there? Playing shoots and ladders? Really? So, seriously, I mean, what is CBS doing here? Like, in the wake of, like, the biggest sex controversy to rock Hollywood, you're not going to go... Well, wait a minute, man. There were a lot of kids who were kind of pointing at him. Corey Feldman was one of them. Kind of, who, who's, kind of pointing at Michael like, man, things were wildly inappropriate. The guy said once into a camera. Well, I mean, the most loving thing you can do is share your bed with a child. 
that's not yours? That's the creepiest thing you could do. If you, dude, if the guy that lived on the end of your street said that, you'd be out there on his front lawn with pitchforks, and rightfully so, because he'd be Freddy Krueger, you weirdos. But you're going to sit your kids down Friday night? Here, let's go check out and see, see the pedophiles Halloween special. Um, I think, really? I think something that often gets ignored in the Michael Jackson story, maybe a lot of people didn't know about this, but it was like two or three years ago, it was within when this show existed, um, they found a ton of... Oh, that's right. Uh, like, like, like pictures and stuff and videos and stuff like that. Um, kids holding like, like naked children holding like dead rabbits and like, you know what I'm saying? Like skulls. And I forgot stuff about like that. that. I think a lot of people did because it just kind of happened. It and, doesn't fit the narrative but, that Michael Jackson was awesome. But I don't know. I wish I could tell you why. And I mean, don't get me wrong. Thriller is a great song. You know, there's a million great Michael Jackson songs. Yeah, most of them but are good. He he gets the pass here, and I don't know why. I don't know. I don't get it. What it is? And is it because he was white? It, well, at least like, I mean, it just makes no sense in the, in anything else. When we talk about victimizing children, it's automatically hang them high. You know what I'm saying? It's the automatically, minute somebody's accused, you right. think they're guilty, right? And uh, I mean, I understand the the the, the bloodlust there and the why you feel like you need to protect kids. Yeah, it's an awful you, crime, right? Why, why, why that's such a serious thing? But I mean. A, a, a mounting amount of evidence um, that shows Michael Jackson did this. And now, listen, I'm not the court of law, so I don't have to. I don't. You can't be like innocent until proven guilty. No, I can. I can have my opinion yeah. on things. I'm not the court, so it, it always boils down. To, I think it was Chris Rock that said it. Like, are you letting your kids go over to his house? Are you letting them watch your kids? No, no. Of course you're not. Of no. course you're not. There's another. I believe it was Carlos Mencia said, "Dude, I'm not letting my kids hang out at Neverland Ranch. I don't even let my kids go to church." And so, like, I, I don't understand. I don't understand this. This entire industry is going to be like, oh, my God, Harvey. And, like, thank God. And thank God finally somebody said something. And it was Quentin Tarantino the other day. I knew enough and I should have done more. Well, you didn't, though. You, 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 honestly, you turd of a person is what you are. If you knew that was happening, you didn't say anything because you wanted Miramax to put Pulp Fiction out. But I don't know how, how are you going to lecture me about Harvey Weinstein and then voice this for a pedophile? What is CBS thinking here? This is one of the worst decisions in TV that I've seen in what, a while. What, what, is, what does our company think every time they play his music? Every time they play his music. Well, I mean, I've been what, kind of vocal what on does that. Every, what does every pro sports team in the world think when Thriller comes on at halftime? Because it's going to. I went to a Cavs game once, and they were doing like a Thriller thing in the middle of, of the court. And me and my buddy were sitting there drinking beer at the game, and there was a family of four right in front of us. And I said to him, I was like, dude, look at all these parents standing up with their kids, dancing to Thriller. This guy would have molested your children the first chance he had. And this, the, honestly, the lady turned around and looked at me. She was like, you know what? She's like, I never thought of that. But you're absolutely right. This is absurd this is happening right now. I can't believe Harvey so bad, so bad. Oh, my God, the bravery of these women. Oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. Now let me rush in here to cash a paycheck to voice things over a pedophile. Wow. I can't believe that. I cannot believe that. I also can't believe what's happening over at Playboy. Wait till you hear this. We'll give you that next on Rock 106.9. And welcome back to the Stan's Ray Show, Rock 106.9, We'll pass out those Black Label Society tickets. Then coming up at 9.30, we'll get you hooked up with uh, some Haunted House tickets. The House of Horrors up in Akron. Get you hooked up with those. 
Um, I'm pretty sure I found, and everybody found this story yesterday, but I think this is going to be the fake rage story of the day. All right. Right? Where, All people, right. where everybody like gets online and pretends to be like really annoyed about something, really mad about something. I'm good. I, uh, I need one of those in my life. I feel like it's been way too long since there's been fake outrage in this country. But it was what? It was a... While this show was on the air, Playboy decided, you know what? We're not doing nudity. We're not yeah. going to do it. We're going to cover these. We're going to cover these women up. We're going to be aware of this uh, of the times we live in now. We're going to cover these women up, and then sales plummeted. Yeah, I think that was. You know how like, horror movies they'll try to do PG thirteen nowadays, so you can cast a wider net at the uh, at the box office. Yeah, but the movie's not any good. That's what I was gonna say. Is like you, you you try to get you know teenagers in there, so it's like all right, well we can sell this on the you know the gas station you know right there without having to. But like nobody wants to buy it now. So now Playboy, after Hugh Hefner has died, the first issue of this magazine to hit the newsstand since the uh, icon, let's call Hugh Hefner, because that's what he was, his death. Now. In the first time in the 64 history of Playboy, they are going to have a transgender playmate. 26-year-old Inez Rao, I believe is how you say her name, will be posing nude in the November-December 2017 issue of this magazine. Now, I'm just going to say this, and this we'll get into a little further conversation here, but you're going to get all mad about this. You're going to scream, you're going to yell, you're going to bitch, you're going to talk about how it's not right. Oh my God, trans agenda and all this stuff. And yet you haven't bought or read a Playboy in 20 years. So right. what does it really matter to you? Right, 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 right. Yeah. What does it really matter to you? I don't think it does. I just think this is you. And so if you say stuff like that, I question from where that comes. Does that come from a place of you having an issue with transgender people? Now again. I've always said, I find the transgender thing to be weird. Not criminal, not awful. I don't think we should behead them, but I do think it's strange to me. And I think it's okay that I think it's strange. I think it's okay that for things I don't fully understand, for me to think that they're strange. Especially when you consider the recent movement when it comes to trans issues, and it took people a long time to wrap their head around gay and now all of a sudden it's like hey, here comes this right I mean, hey, we just hey, got gay marriage hey america you have to you have to fully understand this and like i i mean i, I just think that's asking a lot of everyday americans now, that's john q public's not necessarily ready for that if you haven't seen this woman yet you can see her i got not one but two videos for you up at wrqk.com they're in the same post so you only have to click like one thing one right but there's a still photo i'm looking at of her here and she does not, much like Caitlyn Jenner, she does not pass off as a woman. Really? Not well. No. I'm look, surprised. I would think. Look, look at that photo right there. You can easily uh, tell that's a man. Um, no, that's one photo. Yeah, and especially knowing, I mean, I guess maybe if you would have shown me that picture and not said, Oh, really? You think? Um, I, nah, it's somewhere in the middle there. I mean, it's not necessarily like a, oh, that's a dude with a beard and a, and a dress. But at the same time, you're right. There's masculine features of her for sure. Yeah, you. I mean, you can definitely tell. You I think. Her, you look at her neck, and I mean, you can kind of see the... There's see, even yeah. something in the nose-lips region that scream man to me. Um, and, and Not to like... But maybe I do know. I'm, I'm a little surprised that Playboy, if they're going to do this... I don't want to say like like because I don't want to say pick the more attractive transgender woman here, but find um, a more attractive gen- well, transgender. Well, at the woman. very least, a, a and I guess maybe the whole point of doing it though is like when we're not going to if if we just wanted her to look exactly like every other playmate, then why would we even do this? Why would we talk about it? Why wouldn't we just put it out there? 
Well, are they talking about it or are people talking about it because the new because the news is hit? You know what I mean? I has I, I mean I guess I don't know enough about this transgender model to know whether she's like a big name or not. If you just would have put it out there and there would have been no would anybody have ever known? Huh. I am um, Yeah, I think because it's trans, I think I, I I think it breaks out wide. I don't know why. I'm interested to see it though. I, um, and and I honestly and I'm willing to bet there's going to be a group of people that find what I just said to be offensive because I'm not looking to see it to be turned on by it. I'm looking to see it to see if it's the train wreck I think in my head it is. Two groups are offended. People who are like, oh my God, I can't believe that you want to look at a transgender person. And tr- people are going to be like, I can't believe you just said it. I just can't believe you just said oh, it. Oh, by it, but, I, by it, I mean the magazine, and th- that's what I mean. But that mentality. Oh, thanks you know what for I'm that saying? one, dude. But like that, that is going to exist. Like that, nice job. Thanks, that, n- that, nice picking me up there, buddy. That's going to be a part of the problem there. Like that one. Um, I wonder, is this a full nude? Is this like she says? She's posing fully nude. She's posing fully. She nude. will pose fully nude in the November December 2017. I'm a little bit surprised here, in the sense of Playboy, like. Don't get me wrong. A very progressive company. Maybe even some people would say that's one of their downfalls. Is like, God, dude, we get it. You, you, you want to be, you know, as far left as humanly possible. And they kind of had to be, especially back in the day, in the wake of like, well, you know, oh my God. Well, I mean, they were the, considered to be the first sexist American operation when you were when you were when you were a, a big component of the sexual revolution. Of course, you had to be like forward thinking. Of course, you had to be a progressive like conservatives at that time would have had nothing to do with you. Right. Um, but as far as for all that being said, I mean, the dudes that still the dudes that still uh, subscribe to Playboy, buy Playboys, visit Playboys websites primarily, I would say, are doing that because they want to see hot naked women and I just don't know if this is going to ring well in that community of like, and I guess what I can compare it to is like, if you're looking for porn on Pornhub, and then all of a sudden there's like, hey, here's a page of gay stuff too, just because you might, a lot of dudes are going to see that and be like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You know what I mean? Like, there's going to be a, a negative, a really negative reaction to that. I think I, this is just further proof Cooper Hefner has no idea what he's doing. If you ask me, I just don't I mean, think it's Cooper, hard to argue. With. I just don't think Cooper Heffner has any idea what they're doing. I also think that there's a little bit of like, oh my god, everybody's anti-sexism right now, as we should be. But everybody's like, hey, that's like the hot thing right now. And so you know what? We're we're a company that 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 has women take their clothes off so men can peer at them, which I would think is the definition of sex. Right on some level, and so maybe let's cut this off at the past. Now, Larry's asking me, why is this even news? They had a transgender model in the '90s featured in the magazine Caroline Cossey, and oh, again, Larry, all I can tell you is Cooper Hefner. I'm reading his quote. This is the first time in our 64 year history we're doing this. So maybe Cooper Hefner doesn't know did what his own know, company was doing, or is doing this openly, doing this. No, no, did they know? Did they know back in the '90s that this woman was transgender? Maybe not. And I think that's why a lot of guys, honestly, are going to have a problem with this. Because you're sneaking because one by me? I think a lot of guys are going to see this woman on the cover, find her attractive, then find out she's transgender. Exactly. And you now what's going to happen is your sexuality will be questioned. Am I gay? Right. Am I, dude, am I gay? Do I want to be a transgender? All right, again. I'm going to admit some things about myself here. here. Go. I'm going to give you a go. couple of personal stories it's here. It's 14. We don't have to. We can go to commercial. No. And, okay, here we go. No, i got to be All fair right. to the conversation. Here we go. So once upon a time, I was in New Orleans with a bunch of my buddies. Right. Right? We, were, we went down for Mardi Gras. Actually, two years in a row we went. It's awesome. If you have a chance to go to Mardi Gras, you totally should. Right? And we're walking by this club. And there's half-naked women on top of the balcony throwing out T-shirts. 
And my buddy runs right up to the balcony, like underneath it. And he's like, oh my God, look how hot that woman is. And me and the other two buddies are standing behind him and we see the sign on the door and he doesn't. And it's like, bro, that's a man dressed as a woman. And the rest of his trip was ruined. Just over. Now, there have been moments while perusing porn sites where I've had to stop and think to myself, is that a man? And I thought to myself, all right, well, if you're even asking the question, close the window down. Dude, sometimes Gianna Michaels in the wrong light can look like a man. Now, there's men in and I'd, porn. And I'd have sex with her right now. There's men in porn, so it's not necessarily Yeah, but you like, know what men do. Men look right past that okay. dude. They, they can't even see him there. That's why POV is such a big thing, because you okay. can't see the dude. Okay. You just get to imagine your penis is huge like that. Oh, yeah. And so, like, dude, that's why, representation. that's why POV porn is so big, is because all you see is the chick, and, like, you get to imagine your penis being huge. But, like, there have been times where I was like, I don't know. I still find that person a little bit attractive. Oh, no. What does that say about me? Um, it's interesting times we live in in this world. There's no question about it. I uh, I just I just don't know if this was the right call, and I think you hit it on the head where Cooper uh, Hafner. Cooper Hafner, his guy's just getting things wrong I just right don't now. think he knows what he's doing. I think this is like the second thing in proving that, and I think there's, like I said, I think it's also let's try to cut off at the past because everybody's anti-sexism right now, and we're a magazine that all we do is highlight pretty women. Should should it be its own? I mean, like, play girls a thing. You know what I'm saying? It's not like they just put dudes. When's that going to happen? When are they just going to put, like, a buff dude in the middle of Playboy, right? I'm sitting by the phone, Coop. <laughs> sitting by the phone, buddy. Black Label Society tickets up for grabs next on Rock 106.9. One oh six nine. Welcome back to the Sands Show. Black Label Society playing the Goodyear Theater Akron in February. Momentarily, you will get hooked up with a pair of tickets. One 7625 The number you will need on those. Speaking of the Goodyear, have you heard any update on the Artie Lang's going to call everyone in Akron? <laughs> is, is, is that anything? I have not. Okay. No, right. no, I have not. Not calling every heroin dealer in Akron. Just calling everyone in Akron. I think. <laughs> well, you'll probably stumble on one by accident. Right. I have not heard that. I guess he like he put out some podcast the other day, like trying to explain it. But when he was hesitant to give me the answer, when people were asking on the news and reporters were asking him and stuff, and he was hesitant to give the answer, he's like, "Well, people aren't going to believe me anyway." All right, it's because you're guilty. Of course not. I mean, you're guilty. Welcome to the addict's burden. Right. That's your cross. That's just the way it is. Canton man. Chad Atchison is going to serve 15 years in prison because he robbed multiple fast food restaurants in Stark County while carrying a gun and wearing a ski mask. 27-year-old going to spend the next 15 years in prison for robbing a McDonald's, Arby's, and Wendy's while wearing a ski mask and displaying a gun. He pleaded guilty to five counts of aggravated robbery, Fantown. Wednesday, this took place in the Stark County Common Police Court. Each charge, a first-degree felony. The robberies occurred between late May and June. Uh, around or after closing time at the businesses. Now, I'm going to ask this question. Now, again, people who rob stores, they're de- I would imagine part of it is desperation. So they're not necessarily thinking the logic through the way a guy like me is who has two jobs, right? So I'm, I'm, but like how much money anymore 
is really going to be in a fast food restaurant late at night. I mean, how much cash period is going to be there? But I, I mean, mean, debit cards rule the world now. And uh, I would say even cash transactions. I mean, don't get me wrong. You add enough of them, add enough of them off over the day, and there's going to be some significant money. But it's not like. Well, there's drop safes right. in those yeah, places, right? Yeah, what I right? was going to say is it's not like they're just leaving that money in their register up until 10 o'clock at night. That's every, I would assume, hour or every time you get up to X amount of money. It's like, all right, you've got $1,000 in there. You need to drop 800 of it, and then we'll go right back to you You working your register. Yeah, when I worked retail and that kind of thing, they started you out with 200 bucks in cash right. in your register, right? And then every hour, you were to drop an envelope and bring your drawer back down to 200 so like every so towards the bottom of the hour, you take whatever it was, 150 bucks or whatever, right. shove it in an envelope, write it down, and, and put it down in the safe. So if you came in to rob that store, I could give you the 200 from the register, right? But, but the other 5,000 from the day, you can't get to. I couldn't open that thing. Yeah, I mean, petty cash is always going to be available, but it, I guess like to me, if I were if I were choosing if I'm picking out a spot to rob, I would think at the end of the night, a restaurant with like actual like servers would be a much better idea than a fast food place. Because let's be real, and I'm not trying to get into the conversation of, well, do they deserve $15 an hour? But I think it's safe to assume that a fast food employee is probably not going to have like a decent amount of cash on them. Oh, no, not at all. And a server, a, a, a waitress Will. at Applebee's is going to have a hundred bucks, right? I'll give you a perfect example, right? So I work at the Agora. And the Agora is on the east side of Cleveland. It's not the, eh, a little bit sketchier. <laughs> not the best neighborhood. The thing I will say about the Agora, and I've said this to people before, not the best neighborhood, but I've never been worried about parking my car there. No. So long as you're in the lot. You got to stay in the lots. Our security does a really good job these days, actually. Parking and out on the street? Yeah. Like people ask me all the time, can I leave my car there overnight? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. legally, yes. Smartly, no. But there was once upon a time, like right after... My DUI, I didn't have a driver's license. Okay. So I would take the RTA to down to like the mall, and then I would walk the two miles to the Agora, Jeez. which was an awesome exercise. No, Jeez. I loved it. Yeah, it was, okay. dude, I lost so much weight, dude. It was awesome. So sometimes at night, I would call an Uber or I would have a friend come get me. So the one night, we had a killer show, and it was like there was only two bartenders working. So I made a ton of money. I mean, a lot of money. And I'm standing outside the Agora with a pocket full of cash in my way. Right. Right down, right down in Euclid. 5,000 Euclid. Like, bro, <laughs> sketchy. Sketchy. And a dude comes walking off the bus and comes walking across the street. And I, I yelled. I was like, dude, stop right there. And he's like, I just want to know if I can use your phone. And so I was like, tell me the number. I'll put it on speakerphone, but you talk from there. Like, I didn't want the guy anywhere near me. And I started thinking to myself, oh, my God, if you were a smart criminal, why are you robbing stores? Sit outside of a bar, wait for right. three bartenders to come out. Right. You know they're carrying 200 apiece at least. Yeah, I mean, it's a safe assumption. I mean, on, on, an, on any given night, you're going to have at least 100 bucks in your pocket. Normally. Normally. And I was like, why are people robbing liquor stores? Like, this is what you should be doing. Now, don't do it tonight. I'm working ministry, and I want that money. Um, and I, I think it was, uh, was it Pulp Fiction or one of those movies that they were talking about? This? Oh, yeah, take yeah. the wallets from the, it was Pulp right, Fiction, right. yeah. And you've got all those different, and, and you, you, you're right, you go to a liquor store, you go to something like that, or even a gas station, pretty decent chance that somebody behind the counter is going to be armed. I think that's a fair assumption, like that, you know, it could very possibly be they could, that person can have a shotgun. That waiter doesn't have a shotgun. That waitress doesn't have anything. That bartender doesn't, I mean... You're not allowed. You're not as an employee. You're not carrying your gat into into Applebee's. I know? wouldn't think. No, you're not. Chad Atchison was uh, arrested by Perry police after he tried to rob the Twisty Treat on Lincoln Way. Okay, he slipped inside while an employee was taking out the garbage. 
He ran off without robbing the business and discarded some of his clothes, including a hooded sweatshirt and shoes. The assistant prosecutor alluded to that. When he fled the scene, he injured his foot. When approached by police, Atchison said he had witnessed the robbery attempt at Twisty Treat and was not the perpetrator. Oh, he just saw it. He was going to chase him down, maybe. <laughs> then the hidden clothing was later tested, and it contained DNA matching at, uh, you know, Atchison's. And so uh, evidence also included video surveillance at most of the businesses. Duh. The defendant had a firearm during the robberies. No shots were fired. And apparently he did not point the gun at employees, but I bet, bet, bet he said he had it, right. maybe showed it to him, right. lifted the, you know, the sweatshirt. Here it is. Give me what I'm looking for. Apparently when he robbed the uh, McDonald's, he climbed through the drive through window. I think he did the same thing at the Arby's. I remember the Arby's on Tusk when they got robbed. It was somebody that went through the window. So maybe that was his protocol. Maybe that was his like... You know, his, his, but I just, I, I, I can't. That's how, you, that's how you know he never went to those places when they were open. Because if he did, you wouldn't be able to get through the drive through window. I can't understand that, like, the, like the tasty, or the twisty freeze, or whatever that is. Twisty treat. I know exactly, exactly where that is. Never been to it. It's, it's, it's sounds good. Little ice cream joint. You can get a Coney dog. You can get, you know, you can get normal ice cream. You get a, a blizzard or whatever. Right. Show's on for another hour and a half. Somebody <laughs> swing by and give me a Coney. And, and, you know, at the most, like that place, I cannot assume that place is pulling down more than a couple thousand dollars a day in sales, and that's probably being generous with it. And again, throw the debit card into the equation. Right, and you're throwing. We're talking. Well, maybe about, they, maybe they don't take debit. I don't know. We're talking about no, no, no. I know they do. I'm some people, like, some places do, some places don't. It's the don't. summertime. Like me and my girlfriend will stop there. It's right by El Campesinos, and um, it's just, it, it's just not now. Look at them, ice cream man. I don't know what to do. I, I don't, I don't know where to go first. But we're talking about fifty cent ice cream cones that they're selling. We're talking about a dollar ninety five Coney dog that they're selling. They're not, yeah, you're right. How much money could be in there? Not that much money. At least Arby's. It's like, dude, you have a line going through the lunchtime, dinner time, and you can assume there's money in there. But how did you think there's money at the Tasty Freeze? What? Fifteen years that dude's gonna get for robbing like four man. different places and off the street you Good. go, Chad Atchins, and we're happy to have you behind bars. We have Black Label Society tickets, fans. So let's take caller twenty five right okay. now. One eight hundred two four three seven six two five on those and continue to entertain all of Canton next on Rock one zero six nine. The Stansberry Show. Canton's Rock Station. Rock 106.9. Hey, guys. 106.9. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show on Rock 106.9. We have a pair of tickets for the House of Horrors. That's going on up in Akron. The Gold Brothers put 15 years in the making this haunted house has been. Hollywood special effects experts. First new haunt in Akron in over 30 years. Tickets start as low as just 17 bucks, 14 when you bring a group. I feel as if you have done some commercials for House of Horrors. Yeah. I feel I feel, I feel as if you have. Oh, oh you got a little copy right there. A little piece of paper, got all the copy notes, bullet points, all sorts of stuff well, over here. Good for you for for not needing that paper. A live no promo one. endorsement read right there. Your boy gets them done. And you can get one too. Just go to iHeartRadio.com. <laughs> 9.30, we'll pass those out. I got good news for Browns. Well, players okay. and fans. All right. Well, that's what we need is some Browns good news. Um, I'm looking over at, at the end of every Friday show. I try to give you the, the NFL bet I like. Um, I'll try to pick something out by 945. To be honest with you, there's not a game that I absolutely love. All right. But there is um, there's something going on in the AFC North. And that is we have the worst quarterback play in the league this year. Not just the Browns. The division. The AFC North, once upon a time, was one of the toughest, most competitive and like smash mouth football divisions there were. But now it's just not that way. The Ravens, eh, they're all right. Not terrible, not good. Bengals, eh, they're a little bit of meh. The Browns are a disaster. 
And the Steelers, honestly, when it's all said and done, when you write the book on the Pittsburgh Steelers in this era, it will be dis- it will be discussed that they have underdelivered. You've had Big Ben, a top tier quarterback, for how long now? You should have had. There should be at least one, at least one more Super Bowl appearance, if not one more, at least Super Bowl win. How about this? Big Ben, probably what second, third, maybe fourth. Let's even say best quarterback in the AFC for a long time running. Yeah, yeah, he was in the the conversation for a long time. He and Tom Brady have faced off in the playoffs twice. Really, twice in the playoffs. We have been robbed of this. Because the Steelers are one of these teams. Because they dominate the regular season and they make the playoffs, nobody examines the fact that they have been under-delivering forever now. You've had Big Ben, a running game, wideouts that can flat-out play, a defense that can cover you, and they can't win big games. They have under-delivered the Pittsburgh Steelers at. Now, knowing the area as well as I do and knowing the dynamic of... Browns fans versus Steelers fans around here, and there's a lot of Steelers fans in this area. Um, I think, I guess, there's some of them right now who are screaming at you like, yeah, well, it's better than the Browns. And it is. It is. It and is. it is. But you should be, what you should be yelling about is how many more titles you should have. Mike Tomlin inherited a Ferrari. All you got to do is not strip the gears. You know, expectations set happiness, and the Steelers' expectations or Pittsburgh Steelers fans' expectations need to be different than Cleveland Browns fans' expectations. For sure. And that sucks to be on Super the Bowl. Super Bowl is equation. your expectation. Right. right. You mean, have a Super Bowl roster. You do. At the very least, I mean, you want to get more than the, the, the division title. You want to at least get into that, to that, to that, you know, that AFC championship game. I would you agree. Want to, you, want to, you want to step Compete forward for it, at and, least. And, and, and you're right. The Steelers have kind of dropped the ball on that. Um, it's a, it's the division as a whole, I feel like, has kind of lost a lot of its, you know, appeal. Um, you're right. Once upon a time, this was like the hard, you know, the it hard It was hitting. the division. Right. This was all, right. you know. And I guess, really, that goes to speak on how much better those three teams are than the Cleveland Browns. Because even in the we were days, never competitive. From 10 years ago. From, we weren't from, a team making it good. Right. It, right. Was, it was the Bengals, it was the Ravens, and it was the Steelers. So it turns out that the AFC North has had the worst quarterback play up to this point in the NFL season. Nobody in the NFL, nobody in the NFL has thrown more interceptions than Cleveland's own Deshaun Kaiser, who has thrown nine picks. Ben Schefter, five games, already being reinserted into the starting lineup. He'll start Sunday. Joe Flacco of the Baltimore Ravens and Pittsburgh Steelers' Ben Roethlisberger shared second place with Cam Newton in throwing eight interceptions. Wow. Now, I will, as a, as a Cam naysayer, all right, I will get Cam's back on throwing picks, and I will take interceptions out of Cam Newton because he's a home run. The guy throws the ball over the top. He goes deep down the field. He, has, he struggles with the short pass, but Cam throw, he tests your defense in the secondary constantly. You're going to throw picks that way, very much like Brett Favre threw a ton of picks because he was constantly stressing out the defense and testing them. Big Ben's the same way. Ben will air it right out. I will take picks with a quarterback like that because I'm going to get touchdowns. Well, yeah, especially if you have a competent quarterback like that. uh, An interception from Brett Favre is a lot different than an interception from Deshaun Kaiser. Yes. They're just two fundamentally different things there. Cincinnati Bengals' Andy Dalton is right behind all of them in the next group, having thrown six interceptions in five games as they're coming off their bye week. The quarterback play, and I think if you ask me, 
outside of last night, which, by the way, if you watched that Chiefs-Raiders game last night, holy crap, was that game good. If you're boycotting the NFL, you missed one hell of a game last night. The Chiefs ended up losing. Oakland scored on the final play of the game. It was totally crazy. Now, Oakland got a bunch of breaks early in that game. Right? They got a bunch of breaks really early. Cooper, there was an offensive pass interference call that was like egregious, should have been called, didn't get called. But the one thing you took I took away last night is Derek Carr is the real deal. Coming off an injury, throws, I think it was three three touchdowns, 400 and some yards. Every team in the league passed on him three times. He was a fourth-round pick. I would assume the NFL really has to be like putting a lot of stock into him right now. Him, Marcus Mariota. I mean, you, you want these guys to be good. Who, you need them. I mean, who are the – I mean, now that you know Rodgers is out, like who are the top of the Pops quarterbacks right now? You got Brady. Drew Brees is still an efficient quarterback. Yeah, he's pretty good. Matt, Dude, they scored 52 last week. Matt Stafford has an, an incredible arm, but I don't feel like any of the younger generation, that next step down, of well, like, they who, say, who are these guys? Well, they say, honestly, the best young quarterback in the league is Carson Wentz. Now, that's going to make Browns fans mad. But I'm going to remind you, and ESPN pointed this out over the weekend. Carson Wentz was drafted. They moved up to take that kid because they had a playoff roster ready for a quarterback. I've said this. I, I wanted Wentz. I was okay with skipping on him because I didn't feel like we had the roster to help him. You know what the Browns would look like right now with Carson Wentz? You'd look like the Detroit Lions. You'd have a freakishly talented quarterback and nothing else. Yeah, but would you not take the Lions? Right yes, now I would now? take that. Yes, and that's the thing is like we. Can I would sit, now. You can yes. sit here and wait and wait and wait for the perfect scenario of like, well, this is when it's right to take a quarterback. Take the quarterback, dude. Everything else can we you can work on. You have an opportunity to pick up a franchise quarterback and you blew it and you've blown it time Twice. and time again. He wanted Watson. How many, I mean, how many times have the have the Browns since 1999 blown a franchise quarterback opportunity? A million. Take the goddamn quarterback at some point you got it at some point you have to i was all right with skipping ones because i was like man a 25 million dollar arm for to throw to who but where's that where's that but, money going anyway kenny Britt. but look at but but kind of take a look at the washington redskins like you get a competent quarterback in there and all of a sudden everybody else starts to look a little bit better now is kirk cousins going to win you the super bowl in a redskins uniform probably not but if that's your bar, Cleveland, I'm sorry, you're setting your bar too high. What you need is stability. And a guy like Cousins could could have given you stability. Wentz may have given you a little bit of stability. Watson, maybe. And again, that Houston, that Houston team is loaded with players. But like... He at least shows leadership ability. I don't really, like, I, I, I said about Kaiser early in the season, the moment doesn't look too big for him, and I still don't think it does. But he doesn't, it doesn't feel like he's leading anybody. And how does he if you bench right. him in the middle of the season and then start him again? Who's going to get behind this kid? He, uh, he, he, like I said with Munch earlier this morning, the guy's mentally just has to be absolutely fried, has no ability, no faith in the system right now. Um, I, I stand by, dude. I get, I get it. If you say, "Hey, we're going to draft this guy we think is a franchise quarterback, but we refuse to play him because we don't have the talent," that's fine. Stop not taking the guy because you don't have the talent. That's fair. Honestly, when you when you pass up on a guy like Carson Wentz, who everybody's saying is like, dude, like he's going to be the next like Hall of Fame guy, like he's the next like real deal. You missed on him. You missed on Watson. I'm with you now. Like I will change my position on that. Like next year, take the kid with the big arm. Do it. Every man, they say, wants to last longer in bed. And I've got the secrets. I'll start using them myself and pass them on to you next on Rock 106.9. 
Stansberry Show. We may not be a global epidemic yet. On iHeartRadio. This is a dream come true. Canton's Rock Station. Rock 106.9. Hey guys, you got Sansbury here. When you get in a car accident, the first thing you think is, I can't believe this idiot just hit me. The second thing you think is, where am I going to get this fixed at? I want it done fast and I want it done right. And that's where North Canton Collision comes in. No matter what type of accident you've been in, big or small, North Canton Collision fixes them all. You can call my buddies Jeff, Alex, Woody, or Jason right now at 330-499-5171. And those guys will be glad to give you a no-cost estimate on your repair. Again, it's North Canton Collision. The folks you call if you've been in a collision, big or small. 069. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show, Rock 106.9. We have a pair of tickets for the House of Horrors. We'll get you hooked up at 9.30 this morning. 1-800-243-7625, the number you will need on those. Last night was an awesome night for sports. You got a good baseball game, got a great NFL game. That that Kansas City-Oakland game was awesome. The refs missed some easy calls, but it's still, not a fan of either side, really. Just looking for a good game. It was an awesome football game. The NFL needs some more of those. I feel like there's been a couple of games I've watched this year that have felt very lackluster and all other things going on in the NFL right now. You just need to get out there and start cracking some through shoulder pads. Both quarterbacks just kept airing it out. I even tweeted last night, it's time to end the narrative that Alex Smith can't go over the top because he totally can't. I mean, dude, he was lighting it up last night. I believe the Chiefs should have won. I believe the refs kind of steered the game towards Oakland. They missed some easy wide open calls. But the NBA also fully underway. And Lonzo Ball started last night. And he did not have the best outing. I think it was like four points. He had nine rebounds, a couple of assists. Now, again, if you're expecting Lonzo Ball, new rookie for the Lakers, to be a a 40-a-night player, that's not who Lonzo Ball is. He's a distributor. So you can't get wrapped up in his point totals. But... Fantone oh, looked but up. You can get up with you about four points you can get wrapped yeah. up in. You can get wrapped up in three assists. Like I, yes. if he's a distributor, well then I'm sure he had some assists. No, he, he had no, three of them. No, he did not he did not have the best game of his life Come last on. night. There, there's no doubt, right? We looked up LeBron's stats from the first game, and it's, I mean, he balled out. It was like 25 points, I think 10 rebounds, something like that. I mean, he went off. Yeah, as an 18-year-old walking into the league, I mean, no college experience, just going from high school to playing with the most elite players on the face of the planet, he was able to go out there and score 25 points. LeBron is a much more physical NBA body player style than Lonzo Ball will ever be, so I expect that. But Lonzo did not have a great night, so they asked Snoop Dogg about it. And Snoop Dogg said just now, his daddy put him in the lion's den with pork chop drawers on. (laughs) And he kind of did. Well, that's the thing, dude, is there's no reason for me to hate Lonzo Ball. I mean, there's no reason for me to celebrate his misfortune. No, I don't want to celebrate uh, it, no. But at this point, I do. At this point, I I can't stand the guy. At this point, it's his father, and it honestly makes me... And I mean, I guess maybe this is the heel role. This is the bad guy role. But it's like, dude, I don't I, I hate the Lakers now. Like, I don't want the really? Lakers. Well, yeah, dude. I mean, I, I because already, you know, Patrick Beverly um, was one of the dudes that was tasked with guarding Lonzo Ball. Last did a night. good job of it. Did a very good job. He's a very good it. defensive point guard, right? Yeah. And, and Patrick Beverly is, 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 is was was accused by by LeVar Ball of like, well, he's trying to stare down the he's trying to stare me down. And it's like, once again, dude, it's not about you. Like, it's not quitting making everything that your son does automatically. Your son just had his first NBA game. Be proud. 
No matter what, you know, and I understand that, yeah, it's probably a little frustrating that it, it didn't go the way that either one of you anticipated it would. But God, dude, just breathe the moment in for a second. Take it Be in. Be proud. Like, enjoy that your child made it to the Your heights, system worked. Right, to the heights of his possible career. This, you gave, you you have this now, and nope, it's automatically, ball of our ball, stay in your lane, big ball of brain. Yeah, I got to be honest with you. If my dad were still alive, oh. and he was constantly crowding the spotlight of what comes with this, which isn't much, but like if he, you know what I mean? If he was constantly making this about him, I'd be like, dude, this is about me. Be proud of me. Yes. Encourage me. Foster my talents. Absolutely. But then make it about me. When somebody asks you about something, be like, well, you know, Lonzo worked hard his entire life. We put the courts up in the backyard and we'd call him in for dinner and he wouldn't do it. He was out there dribbling, wanted to take shots, wanted to block his, you know what I mean? Like, dude, be like that. When, when when the Ball family first became a thing, I liked it because I was like, yeah, dude, this dude's brash, and he's saying things, and he's out there, and, and I thought it was kind of cool, but at this point, man, I just, I, I, the whole thing just turns me off from it. Yeah, he can be a little, he, he can be a little much for me. I, I, at first I was with you, I was like, wow, it's like, it's a storyline in the NBA. Normally the NFL does better about storylines than the NBA does. Maybe this will bring some, some of that in here. But now it's like kind of, it's been so long. We've been waiting for the kid to play. Then now he plays. And then this is the thing that happens. It kind of is like, it takes the air out of the balloon a little. Yeah. And, and now, granted, I'm, like I said, I'm not a fan of the guy and I, I don't necessarily want him to succeed. But one game, your first game as a rookie doesn't necessarily tell the story of your career. No, so no. There's no. Like plenty of people online who are like, dude, this guy's a boss. He's terrible. He sucks. And it's like, well, that's not necessarily true. But if you don't think that every dude in the NBA right now isn't thinking like Patrick Beverly, isn't thinking to themselves, dude, F your dad, F you, trying to come in here, trying to play this game, trying to, trying to... There's a bullseye on his back, Right, for sure. trying to establish yourself as the best in the league. Now, LeBron has a bullseye on his back, too, but LeBron's capable of carrying it. If you've got a bullseye on your back and you're a rookie and you don't know what's going on and you don't, you know, you're barely able to go out there and score three points. I think he went, he went one in five or one in six from shooting last night and you still Eesh. have... Like, the Warriors have, 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 have a, have a uh, you know, a target on their back. The Cavs have a target on their back. If you're Lonzo Ball with a target on your back, dude, that's a bad place to be. It normally takes three years for an NBA player to pop. Like, they don't normally come into the league and, like, light it up. You're coming in at 19, 20 years old. Playing against men. Right. Imagine, like, I mean, I, uh, you know, imagine where you were at 19, 20. Like, you're just not nearly who you are at 28, 29. Well, I was in NBA shape at 19. Okay, yeah. Stansbury was out there. <laughs> It was a, just a couple of days ago on the program, I think we were talking about um, like how dudes can last longer in bed and they, they make condoms and all that stuff yeah. for that, right? Yeah. And I you know, I was kind of talking about, I was like, well, that's embarrassing. You don't really want to take those up to the counter and be like, oh, you know, I have premature ejaculation. It's right. like, dude, what, what better product for eBay than this, right? So I read this article from Men's Health uh, again this morning, seven different ways in which you can... You know, extend your time in bed. They say, ask an expert. Obviously, you know, some of it's probably mental. Pills there. They say uh, a lot of men pop a pill to, to become erect for sex in Europe. There's also legal drugs that can help you last longer in bed, but our FDA won't pass them just yet. Uh, even though trials show these drugs genuinely benefited men with premature ejaculation, the FDA sets a very high bar for drugs used to treat non-life-threatening conditions. Just just buy whatever's at that gas station can check out line right there. You'll, you'll be fine. <laughs> just, just buy that. That's going to work. The FDA uses a high bar for drugs used to treat non-life-threatening conditions, like all those diet pills I see everywhere. <laughs> like, Well, those always say not FDA approved. Oh, these, do they? These do not okay. prevent a, di- or well, then that's a different. disease, right? That is different. They say here, work on ladies first. You can bring her to orgasm by either finger or mouth there. But this is the one I wasn't sure about. Okay. And it's called the squeeze. Okay. 
They say if you can feel your orgasm coming on, stop, pull out, and squeeze right below the head of your penis. They say if you apply firm pressure with your thumb and forefinger, focus the pressure on the urethra, the tube running along on the underside of the penis. Right. They say that will like it'll it'll push it all the way back down in the tube there. And then you can kind of go right back. But my thing right. is, is as soon as I go right back, aren't I going to be like three pumps in and be, be right back to where I was before the squeeze? Hold on, wait. All right. All right. Hold on. Let me squeeze it. And now, right. if at that point, if you're doing that, she knows. Right. Let me you, squeeze it. Hold on. Hold that's on. the point of premature ejaculation that you don't like is her. Yeah. You don't care what difference <laughs> you does it make to you. You don't want to be up there sweating on top of her. Like Dave Chappelle said, sex is a race. Beat you, bitch. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that's the, that's the exact way he said it. House of Horrors tickets up for grabs next on the Stansbury Show. 106.9. And welcome back to the Stansbury Show. On Rock 106.9, we have a pair of tickets for the House of Horrors, Akron's newest haunts. 15 years in the making this thing's been, and we're going to send you here momentarily. 1-800-243-7625, the number you need on those. Oh, by the way, yeah. starting Monday, 6 a.m. Yeah. on Rock 106.9, every hour, 6 a.m. to 10 p.m., $1,000 up for grabs. Man. So as Christmas right around the corner, think about that. You can buy all your kids' presents, but just by winning a contest at the radio station. Gatsby's right around the corner as well there, so you do it. All right, you so 500 goes to the kids. <laughs> I'm sure a couple of those bras got kids. I'm sure you could you could provide a very nice Christmas for the children again. Maybe what you do is you take their thousand dollars and send the Gatsby's like a team up to Maury <laughs> to find out who the dads are. Right? Now hiring Gatsby's, by the way. <laughs> oh my god. You tell it's Friday, your boys are tired. They got nothing. Just make fun of the strip club. You'll be fine. I was going to say, well, maybe I'll just work there when I get fired from here. But I think you just pump dollars into the like jukebox and they dance. I don't think I don't even I don't I don't even know if they have uh, the smooth stylings of who's of somebody telling you who's on the rear runway. Didn't you say you were a strip club DJ for oh, a while? Dude, I worked at uh, I, I worked at the crazy ones on Miles Road on Miles Road. Yeah, you sure did. Middays of all things. <laughs> Middle of the day. <laughs> Are midday strip club DJs the same as like midday? No, they're worse. <laughs> Just watching bitches give up on their dreams at 11 a.m. It was awful, dude. It was awful. Dude, I felt like I needed a shower every time I left there. I hated that job. And then like every two hours, you got to be like, Sarita, the, 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 Sarita, the, the DJ booth. Which translation, every time you hear a strip club DJ call a stripper by name to the DJ booth, it means one of two things. Either A, she's supposed to be on stage right now, or B, she hasn't tipped him out yet. That's what that whole thing is. God, I hated that job. Montana up there now. She'll be rocking table size till she gets down. <laughs> oh, my God. It's the worst. I hated that job. Was not very good at it either. Uh, but I did see this from like another radio show. Sometimes we'll follow each other on Facebook and the like. Right. And I saw this guy who's like in the middle of nowhere, Maryland, and I feel terrible for him. Okay. But he's doing, dude, we're doing flip off Friday. <laughs> Call me up on the show now. I'll let you flip off your boss live on the radio. Flip him off Friday. I was like, oh my god, dude, seriously? Oh. Flip them off Friday. Hey, dude, you're in the middle of nowhere. Your boss probably is just like... Right now, my <laughs> boss is going, we can sponsor <laughs> Flip them off Friday. So that's what we can sponsor? Finally, we're going to get something Hey, Gatsby's on the hook, you dicks, but you had to open your mouths. <laughs> Yeah, I can, I, can, I can maybe see that. There's a weird story coming out of Pittsburgh right. where a mother's going to do some time in jail. Now, Carlos Mencia used to talk about this a lot, and he was right about it. When I was growing up, if I got in trouble in school, my parents automatically assumed I did it. 
Like, they just thought for sure, yeah. okay, you got in trouble in school, I know you to be a little turd, constantly running your mouth, chances are you did this. Yeah, I mean, teachers got the benefit of the doubt, and I understand why skidding too much in the other direction is a problem, um, but at the same time, I think there are at least some examples where well, I mean, teachers like, are banging kids, so I mean, right, I, exactly. <laughs> there's so, going to be issues, right? But it used to be, like, you, did, you, you would wait until you figured out what happened, right? Well, now I'm mother of a fourth grader in Pittsburgh... Pennsylvania is facing charges in connection with the violent assault of an elementary school teacher. Here's what happened. The school teacher, Janice Watkins, took a cell phone from this woman's fourth grade child. All right. All right. The school district, by the way, has a no cell phone policy, which I would imagine most of them do, right? Because they can help kids cheat and that, that kind of thing. I would think they're probably not allowed to have them, at least in class. I don't know, because it always seems to me like, oh, there's a school shooting and your kids are calling and trying to desperately trying to text your parents. So I, I don't know what that is. Oh, yeah. I really I, don't. Yeah, you're right. I, I don't know about that. They, uh, the child allegedly bit the teacher while she was confiscating the phone. So the girl's mother, 29-year-old Daishanta Williams, okay. was called to the school during a meeting between Miss Williams... Watkins, the teacher, and the student, the child then claims that the teacher had choked her, at which point Williams becomes agitated, allegedly told the teacher, I'm going to get even, and then investigators say Watkins was stopped in traffic on the drive home, noticed a black male and a female, the the latter of whom she identified as Williams, get out of their vehicle. The woman approached Watkins' car and allegedly threw a brick through the open driver's side window. Now, I will tell you that if I felt like an adult choked my kid out, I'm probably getting violent. I'm not a violent person. I'll go out of my way to solve conflict any other way without having to hit you. But if you messed, and I don't even have kids, but if you, like my niece, if I found out an adult choked my niece, I'm telling you right now, I'm throwing blows. Like we're going, I'm going to fight over that. I cannot have that. But you don't know that this happened. Yeah, but in that moment, I mean, what are you going to well, do? Well, you're no longer in the moment. You're well, in the car. You're on your right, way home. Right, but I mean, it, you're still going to have that anger on you a half an hour later. If you know what I mean, like it's it, it, the allegations would be enough to have you furious. I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know where this lies. I mean, the benefit of the doubt should be with the teacher. But if your kid's saying, hey, she choked me, I, it's going to be hard for you to ignore that. So the woman gets hit in the head with the brick. She says then after being hit, the woman opened the door, dragged her out into the road and began punching and kicking her. The victim's mother says the woman said to her, I told you I would get you. The man and the woman then fled the scene. Police arrested Williams, who was arraigned Thursday on six charges, three counts of aggravated assault, one count each of terroristic threats stalking and reckless endangerment she was unable to post the fifty thousand dollar bond surprise and uh because who could williams told police she believed the police did not take appropriate action regarding her daughter's claim that watkins had choked her she denied throwing a brick but said she did punch her in the face the victim's husband says uh, his wife is in a lot of pain having severe headaches and may have a concussion she's been treated for facial injuries at the hospital and also lost a tooth in the incident yeah dude he hit with a brick he says now he's worried for his wife and the rest of his family's safety. It's unclear if Watkins will be returning to her job at school, and i got to be honest with you. I don't know if I do. Now, most people don't have the option to be like, well, I'm, not, I'm just not going to do this job anymore. Most people, you know what I mean? They're like, well, I'm scared, but, I mean, what am I going to do? i got to cash this check. i got to do that. But, I mean, to throw a brick through an – I mean, first of all, so, like, that's premeditated. 
Were you just rolling around with a brick in the car? Well, you grab something out of the parking lot, you know what I mean? You see her leave and you grab something. Um, It's one of those things. But again, that's premeditated. You picked it up because you knew you were going to throw it at Yes, there's no denying that it is, but it's still like the rage running through you if your four-year-old was choked by an adult. I mean, I not knowing the facts of this, it's like, I, and not that I think that this woman was in the right to throw a brick through someone's no, window. No, that's never like the that. appropriate reaction, yeah, no matter what happened. I get that. Vigilante justice is not is, is not what we go by in America, but I mean, imagine your four-year-old being choked by an adult. You're not throwing a brick at that, at that, at that person? I guess I just would have known my kid would have given somebody gruff about, you know, wanting to take their cell phone away. I guess I would have just known that. And like my parents would have known that too and been like, sorry, we'll like we'll handle this at home and he'll know better, trust me. And that was like my dad's always thing. He'll learn, trust me, he'll be learning. Like like that was always his thing. But I guess in the moment, like I said, dude, if you choke my niece out and I saw that's the difference though. If I saw it happen, knew for sure you did it, I'd get violent. I don't know. Your niece is telling you crying. Uh, she choked me. I I, I I worry about that with my brother because he's got a temper too. And like, uh, dude, my brother's like a tough dude. And like, you know, he's like any other guy. He's raising a you know a young woman in America, and he's like terrified of everybody's like out to get her and like all that stuff. I worry about that with him a lot. Actually, we'll pass out these House of Horrors tickets to end the program next on Rock 106.9. Good morning. The Stansberry Show. Or the God of your choosing. Best morning ever! Kent's Rock Station. Rock 106.9. And all I gotta say is it's Friday. And everybody help me say the sinner's prayer. Say, oh God. Oh, my night. Clint Parker. Melinda Brown Duncan, baby. A friend of mine said to me the other day, why don't you write a song about all this NFL stuff? Chick a dust up. If if he were habitual homosexuals, then by all means take a hike. I thought I like women! Women, 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 women! And here he is, having the time of his life. He knows those big brains for me. I have it all it is, other than jazz, it's the only other real American art form there is. There's a dirty little secret. I've said that. Melinda Brown Duncan, baby! If it weren't my daughter, perhaps I'd be dating her. But he gotta eat the booty like groceries. You gonna die doing this dumb ass, yeah. you fool? Open your mouth like I give you this milk. Open your fucking mouth, man. I gotta do you like my two-year-old baby. The truth of the matter is, you were not a good baby. Well, you ain't seen nothing, my friend. Until you have a flame coming out of your butthole, and you need an asbestos diaper to be able to keep that flame from burning a hole in your pants. You ain't seen nothing yet. And I don't know nothing about it, but I learned quick, fast, and hurt. I still got Pandora with commercials. What? You told me to leave while I'm in my order while you're making out with that slut. Being in the industry with how much <laughs> you take on your face. Men and women fighting are not fighting for your right to speak Spanish, they're fighting for your right to speak so kiss my black hey hold the presses we just got some breaking news yeah i'm gonna stand i'm gonna stand for america for the red white and blue susie dalton co-writer <laughs> that's the best part of that whole song co-writer susie dalton just yell at her name out. Welcome back to the program online at WRQK.com. Missed anything from this morning? You'll be able to podcast it there. We're about ready to pass out these House of Horror tickets. Akron's newest haunt. First one, I believe. 
in a slew of years. This is 15 years in the making, this is. 1-800-243-7625, the number you will need on those. Phantom, what are the big plans for the weekend? I do have big plans this weekend. This weekend, it is the bachelor party without a bachelor. Uh, One of my buddies is... He's getting uh, divorced, right? That's the story, and uh, we are heading out to kind of celebrate, I guess, is is the story. And uh, I'm excited, man. I was was a little bit like, I don't know, hemming and hawing about it. But now that the day's here and I'm ready to, like, go get, like, blacked out, wasted for a couple of days here... Don't pee on anybody. I'm really, really, really excited about it. So, uh, so yeah, that's the big plans. Heading up to New York. We had that story earlier in the morning where uh, where a guy got so blacked out drunk he whipped out his penis on a plane and urinated on somebody. Don't do that. What uh, what do you got going on? You get blacked out drunk somewhere? No, I wish, dude. All uh, dude, all I have to do is work this whole weekend. Ah, I'm working tonight uh, for ministry at the Agora. All right, good and then show. and then tomorrow during the day, my good friends over at Wakeham Subaru. Yeah. Are doing an on-site pet adoption event. Oh yeah, with Second Chance for Animals, a, a shelter that's f- currently at full capacity. So if you're looking for a new pet tomorrow at Wakeham Subaru, is a good time to do that. Good place to be doing that. Uh, it's October is Subaru loves Pets Month, and so I'll be doing that uh, during the day, and then tomorrow night back at the Agora for Guar. And they've texted me this morning and said, hey, man, I know it's Sunday, but we might need you for Sunday. Is there any possibility we could get you to work Sunday night? And so I'm thinking probably I'm going to end up doing that. So just doing nothing but working all weekend long. Sounds like a uh, sounds like a good weekend if, I guess, yeah. you don't have another job. <laughs> It'd yeah. be nice, but all right. No, that would be. No, I mean, I just don't deserve that. So let's pass out these House of Horrors tickets. We'll take callers 15 right now. Caller. There's only one. There's only one fifteen. We'll, we'll just take the one singular caller fifteen at one eight hundred two four three seven six two five. Aside from that, we'll be back at this live Monday morning. We'll, we'll start passing out a thousand dollars every hour starting Monday morning. By the way, we'll see you guys then. See you. The Stansberry Show, Rock one zero six nine. Hey guys, you got Stansberry here. When talking firearms, you know what you want: knowledge, safety, training, and that's the mantra over at Great American Shooting Sports, North Canton's 